0: On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Mike and Ryan can talk about the Way Hot Wedding without crying, if a pop filter Hall of Famer could really be the next MCU Big Bad, and how much superhero TV are Josh and Connor from iFanboy really watching. All of that and more on an all new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the superhero show show, the only show on the internet where we review every live action television show based on a comic book or comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of this episode. If you were expecting somebody else, I'm sorry. It's just me. I've signed the blood contract, so it's always got to be me. Or terrible things happen. Um, I'm not the only one who signed this blood contract, though. I've I've got a team here. We're all we've all done it together. Uh, let me introduce my friends, Mike and Ryan. Mike, how's it going?
1: I love blood contracts when I'm not the main blood contractee, mm-hmm. and so what I signed is like I'll be here I'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna do yeah. anything <laughs> you
0: really did it well like there was a sub part of like you're just you can show up every once in a while like you got days off and everything you you played it yeah. right
1: well I had a my blood lawyer look at the blood contract Fuck, so dude, that really helped
0: you kept a blood lawyer from me you didn't tell me you were having a blood lawyer look at yours. I thought we got were it. just like, it was a time in Vegas. We were all getting crazy and we were going to sign this blood contract. I didn't know you went off to a lawyer.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you guys find that you're typically the first one out of the average friend blood contract situation to get the lawyer or the last one? Like, are you like, you know what? I should, I'm going to be the first to call my lawyer.
1: At this point, I'm the first. I got a blood lawyer on retainer. I'm uh-huh. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm blood retainer and, and send I'm- him Christmas gifts.
0: I'm learning right now that I'm clearly the last. Ryan, did you get a lawyer? Was I guess you did, because you're also, you have days off, so.
2: I Actually, yeah, I, I got confused. I have a blood layer on my retainer. My uh, orthodontist made it too tight, and it is disgusting. <laughs>
1: that's nasty. No, it
2: does, uh, oh, that's nasty. I, I did figure out, after days of sleeping, I figured out what Cassie's secret is, which is to fill the bottle of ink that we used to sign with Mike, me, and your blood, and mm. then we're so woozy... That we don't understand what's going into the contract when she says things like, I will always be the host, you guys are always pieces of shit, etc.
1: It feels like that means I should be mad at my blood lawyer. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) He was, let me tell you, you might be, you probably should be a little bit mad, because he thought it was funny. With the clause of, like, Mike will always be a piece of shit, he got a good laugh out of it.
1: Look, you'll get days off, but you won't be paid.
2: But... (laughs) Cassie just used the term claws, and he was like, ooh, I love a (laughs) claws, and then that was it. Also, he started to to argue for you, Mike, and Cassie was like, "Uh, get your blood in there. And then he got woozy, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Damn it yeah i guess i this is how i do this is how i do it you guys uh the main event though we are gonna be talking about some demons uh because we are gonna be talking about the winona erp finale i know it's gonna be big for you guys i just need you <sighs> to start yeah preparing. put respect
1: on his name it's the series finale
0: i i'm so so we've sorry. only had like
1: 18 of these since we started doing this show <laughs>
0: My sincerest apologies, Mike. Uh it is the series finale of Winona Earp that is coming up. But to go with this curse we're talking about, we also have a blessing. Cause Ryan, you sat down with the guys from iFanboy, and we got that interview coming up. But before we get to that, you guys, we have to talk about Winona Earp, and that is happening right now. <laughs> On the series finale of Winona Earp. You know it got dusty in the room as all of our favorite characters got the happy endings they deserve. The much anticipated way hot wedding is the perfect amount of an almost murderous disaster turned beautiful backyard wedding. Jeremy gets promoted, calls the caterer a demon, which comes across as hate speech and somehow pulls a date out of this inter- interaction. And finally, after years of knowing that they belong together, Winona and Doc decide to start a new life together away from purgatory. Taste buds, I ask you, was this happily ever after ending everything you wanted, or was it too much of a fairy tale ending?
2: Too much of a fairy tale ending. No such
1: thing as a too
2: much of a fairy tale. Ending. <laughs> too much of a, oh man, no, this uh, is shit.
0: <laughs> stupid Listen, idiot. It's not, it's not me who wants to know this. Okay, I was just I'm speaking for the, the people, people here.
1: Deserve to know.
0: The people want to know. Do you I, like this fairy tale st- shit or not?
2: I don't know why we like uh, let all of our audience co-write these intros and these yeah. questions for us. Uh, <laughs> each one contributing one letter, but. Uh No, this was perfect, and I think we sort of realized this last week when we were like, there was that end where everybody was happy, and mm-hmm. they were like, well, we should probably have a wedding, right? And we sort of knew that that was the end of the show as far as right. plot lines go, and that's the perfect way to do it.
1: Yeah, if you weren't going to go the heavy sit on the themes you've kind of riddled throughout that Ryan thought that went and it had to die, this was the way it had to end then. If you weren't going to leave us making us think, leave us being happy.
2: And, and- it it works perfectly because... Uh, whatever reason I said that Winona has to die, I am totally over because I got to watch her happy and that's definitely going to take over in my brain over then like, her dying.
1: I I think series finales are so hard and I do think this is one of the better ones because it wasn't just a clip fan service. It wasn't a clip show. Those are the worst kind of finale. Just leave. Just don't turn in that last report, bro. (laughs) Like, uh, And it was true to all the characters. No, everybody grew in a way that made sense. Not in that like, uh, and now I'm completely different than I've ever been. Like, and I, I do love that it gave us half the episode was a sprinting through a normal episode of on Earp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, they even like in character made fun of like, well, this is going by faster than normal. Like,
2: but I mean like the,
1: the haunted wedding dress was delightful.
2: Literally sprinting like Wynonna yeah. put the dress on, sprinted through the wedding. It all fell apart. They sprinted to Colte's, Cursey's, uh,
0: Cur- Cur- curses, Cursey's,
2: Sorry. <laughs> vintage boutique. Cursey's vintage boutique. Um, and then uh, back at the homestead, uh, Way Hot are like, they, they look around the room and they're both at the same time haunted wedding dress. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. They put it together so fast and then fuck because they got it put together so fast. Because <laughs> they have
2: time now. <laughs> and then Waverly ran in with a uh, silk banner and tackled the bad guy, and that was it. Cassie, as someone who hasn't seen every episode and loved every episode, was this okay as an hour?
0: Oh yeah, I was totally fine with it. I was mainly surprised, like I didn't think like shows would give you a series finale like this of like literally just like here's goodness. Here's nice. just niceness. everyone yeah. niceness. Just enjoy like this is what everybody wants and all writers are like, surely they don't want them to just be happy in an hour of like goodness. And yes, but- we do. <laughs>
1: I'll always hold up, like, a, a beloved show that, like, I think tanked the ending and arguably years before the ending. But, like, The Office is just saccharine no-jokes season f- series finale. Mm-hmm. This was still funny. Yeah. Like, they still remembered the show they make. And that's very important.
2: Well, I think the thing uh, – there's a lot of finales that are like The Office. And what they do is they do the reunion, you know? Mm-hmm. like And The Office, it was literally plotted that way. But uh, I'm talking about feeling and tone. They they give us that the thing that we need of the reunion as if it's not ten years from now. Or as if it were right. ten from years from now, you know? Like so we just have we just have the mushy without the crunch. And you need the mush right. and the crunch.
1: I prefer pure crunch. Uh when they're in Cursey's and Doc and Winona are trying to figure it out and the creepy lady starts singing, their faces, <laughs> it's its those little moments. Like, that is not a sweet moment. Their faces were so fucking funny because they wanted yeah. to strangle this crazy looped out wedding chick.
2: Well, because everything had to happen so quickly, uh, we didn't even have time for music. They made a realization or that they realized that they were uh, being scared. And then the villain was like, oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have time for right now.
0: <laughs> it literally, it was like the perfect little taste of Winona Earp for this episode. Like, I just love, I don't know who that actress is, but like, I love her so much. For
1: She me. got it.
2: She, <laughs> she fully, fully got
1: what she was supposed to be. And then also when she's like, wait when she realizes Wynona isn't the bride she's like what are you doing I've murdered people with weddings for years but you're a weirdo she they- also
2: she got like t- more teenage and Jersey as the episode went on like by the end she was like look oh my god I don't even know what you're doing okay just get it over with get married
0: What are these painted slugs Uh, Oh, we got to talk. I know we don't do moments of the week, but can we talk about Tim Rosin jumping into or Doc jumping into a shallow swamp, like diving into that to get these silkworms? Looking for
1: silkworms? Yeah.
2: I I just, it's hard to not think about the actors and like, guys, it's the fucking final episode like at the table read and I have to do this? Like, I can't just be handsome and dressed up for the wedding. I also have to roll around in a fucking...
1: Everybody else's character description for the episode is, like, looking the best they've ever looked. <laughs> and is like, jump in mud, you fucking chud.
2: And he has to do that, like, low-budget horror movie thing where you take the bat and you run around, like, with the bat on you. He's doing that with a swamp, like he's wrestling a swamp.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, he's just, swamp. like, gator rolling in it when there's nothing in there. It's just him but I do appreciate it because it was like the whole episode was in golden hour. Like it was literally like yeah. everybody was just going to look the best as possible. And you're right. They threw him in a swamp. still looked good. Cause it was golden hour though.
2: All right. Uh, let's get to this real quick, Mike, you and I have thrown weddings, uh, actually Hell for yeah. each other. Uh, Cassie, you're not married yet because Mike and I have not decided exactly who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, them throwing a wedding in one day like seemingly uh panic attacks st- man start Gave me panic attacks. starting to plan and then also setting up the morning of uh, i started hyperventilating
1: the morning of maybe you got to do but like waverly's still asking she asked doc to be her best man the day of yeah. huh? Asked nedley to walk her down the aisle like do that stuff mo- what is your problem oh my goodness
0: it was last minute, but, like, honestly, it was an adorable wedding. Like, I'm glad. It was, like, the perfect amount of, like, backyard adorableness. I guess if I, you,
2: if you just have, like, the uh, immediate family at the wedding, yeah. that's something you can do. Mike and I right. had over 350 guests each. Uh, and all different. different people. Mike and I would never share the same guest. Of course, that's no. Disgusting. That was
1: that was part of the when we drew to who would get married first. That it was hard. <laughs>
2: like, I know, but you went first, you and then repeats. picked my mom. My mom could not see me married because you invited her to yours.
1: The way your mom looks at me versus the way your mom looks at all you. All right, move on. I knew which one she'd rather be at. She walked me down the aisle. Um,
0: but uh, we are at the wedding. How how did this wedding hit you guys? Because I know everybody's been wanting this for so long.
1: It, it was it was adorable. I do wish I'd like binged. There were so many, there was a lot of like, there's only two wedding guests because mm. everybody else is officiating or standing up there. And one uh, is, <laughs>
2: one is as Nedley calls him, that goddamn invisible boy. Or the- <laughs> that
1: invisible boy. <boyfriend. laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they, they went through, there's a lot of other chairs that had names on them and I wish I'd recently binged because I only remembered two of the names. Yeah, me too. And, and then I was just like, who are these other people? I know Mercedes and
2: dolls. dolls. <laughs> and But like keep in mind too that like there was like a, almost two-year gap between three yeah. season three and season four. Um, you know, I'm sure that the big fit time fans got a kick out of that, but uh, the doll's chair did hit.
1: Yeah. I was just like, oh shit, he used to be one of the leads and it's just been gone forever. Yeah. Um, and Mercedes, I don't think she died. She just couldn't make it, so they gave her a chair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, they, they balanced that line of like, good, good, character moment speeches without taking too long or so often the characters react like the person gave the best speech ever and it's the most treacly normal bullshit like i, I thought they walked the line of jeremy officiating and and everybody's little toast very well rachel singing cuz again they couldn't afford music so they made the character just sing and everybody danced to that
2: danced yeah it's one person and one piano and they were like rocking out like it's a rave they were jamming i realized though if- that the most sentimental moments of these shows it's you know like all ceremonies are basically the same but it's uh will you participate in the wedding mm-hmm. those are the scenes and we got two uh Waverly asked Doc to be your best man and, and
1: gave him her his, his best man gift yeah his white herb saddle refurbish.
2: that's pretty good
1: I'm sorry I gave you such a dog shit best man gift right might
2: copy a Zippo lighter that said fuck you on it uh <laughs> And then uh, even bigger, and I did not see this coming—that it would be such a fucking like emotional ordeal for me. Was hot Nicole hot that's asking Nedley. Ned to be or Nedley to be uh, to walk her down the aisle? You know, forgetting like the first two seasons that it was sheriff and deputy a la Resident Alien. Apparently, that's right. a really close relationship for Dope. two people to have.
1: And when the rest of the town like. Dies and like yeah, Nedley has become like the secret sauce in the show. Just so another writer, there's a moment when, in the montage where he cheerses the wedding toppers, uh-huh. and like <laughs> I want a poster of that old man just cheersing the wedding to- like. Did
2: I miss the part where he started drinking a lot, or are we just to assume that there's gonna be someone and it's gonna be the Nedley of your family? He
1: was a sheriff in a small town. Oh, do you mean in this specific episode, yeah, this or specific just episode. as a character? Oh, he w- Yeah, he, I think he got the uh,
2: he got the like the tr- uh, the title of uh requisite drunk person at wedding
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it makes sense his body like they all have young lithe virile bodies and look at him his his body just won't take it
0: (laughs) but uh Uh, yeah mike go for it
1: i I was gonna say dude there's so many like family dynamic like it is a big family that they hit that a lot but one of them so rachel is the newest character and i do think they like sprinted to make a part of the team but what hit it is that she has eight parents And that's a bummer because he had eight adults. You're all partying. You're getting drunk. She's definitely going to go give her first hand job. And there's just eight adults watching her and being like, don't you do it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which is not very woke, by Nona. For a woke show, you should let the young woman go and express herself sexually. (laughs) 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 Being woke is as many hand jobs as possible.
0: That's what everybody should be taking from this. I'm glad you guys are shining light on it. Thank you for your service.
1: It, it seemed uh, like they had a fuck prerequisite for the season and realized that they had so many more fucks left to give. This is the most fuck filled Winona herb. Everybody's <laughs> screaming fuck at the top of their lungs as many times as possible. Okay, that so
2: that, Mike, that definitely brings up something. Um, for so long, we have been listening to Winona say, I have to stay in town for Waverly. And she's been saying that to people, to mm-hmm. everyone except for Waverly. And it feels like this is the episode that Waverly learned that oh my god, am I responsible for keeping Nona in town and did you guys let her stay in town for me? And that's right. when Waverly runs out of the house screaming, "Fuck you." And this is not like uh Death Metal Demon Angel from last episode. This is just no. this is classic way uh Way 1.0 running out and screaming "Fuck you" at all of the characters. Except Hot. Except-
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did really enjoy this of like how much like you know, normally this would be, this could be a whole season of again, her like, no, I have to stay here for you. And mm-hmm. they just put it into it. She was straight up like, I am not having any of this shit. Grabs her sister by her ear. And I was like, you know what? Yes, this is again yeah. how it should be. The
1: fuck you fest and then dragged her by her ear to start throwing stuff into a bag <laughs> and getting into the car. Have you
2: guys ever done that to somebody? It seems so effective. If you want somebody to be somewhere different than they are, grab their ear and they yeah. will yeah. follow you.
1: Uh, I've done it to myself.
2: I have to give it up to Nicole, though. (laughs) All right, Uh, I'm just gonna move on from that. Uh, I have to give it up to Nicole, though, because at the end of the wedding, like, it does suck that Winona left on left Waverly on Waverly's greatest day, and for Nicole to come out and see Waverly on the porch, staring off into space, and say she will return, but not have Nicole be like, "What the fuck? It's our wedding day. You should only be thinking about me." Guys, they're gonna make it. That's a good pair. Yeah,
1: it's it's a mature relationship. Yeah, it's just a good show, Is and it, it gave a- us the line when they're trying to convince Winona to go that that cowboy became a cow man for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, but do, the yes, Mike, yes, go.
1: I start for you. So we 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 like it ends with Doc and Winona like she shoots his car to slow him down, and then they hops on the bicycle, and he looks like the sweetest little boy on her back. Wait, uh, by the way. Uh,
2: you don't shoot at cars that have been named by the people who drive them. Like, I thought he was going to be way more upset. I also think it's important to note in that scene that, like, she pulls her gun out while she's driving past the sign of purgatory. And mm-hmm. typically, you shoot the sign. And I think it's notable that she didn't shoot the sign. Because I, I, it's still home. It's still home, right. I, I think it's crazy that she shot the tires out of a, her beloved driving a car twice, two bullets. But I think that the fact that she didn't shoot the sign is, you know, notable.
1: So they ride off into the sunset, and then we get another little flash of them like at a road stop, and she's like, oh, yeah, we have a kid. Yeah. We should go meet that kid. And then everybody goes, oh, yeah, because I forgot that they had a kid.
2: So did you have to look this up?
1: No, I, re- I remember. the minute she was like, well, will she remember us? I was like, oh, they had a baby a few seasons ago.
2: I didn't have to look it up, because while I was watching, at a different time than Mike, he knew exactly when I would get to that minute and texted me, they have a baby. And I just looked at my <laughs> phone. and was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm your IMDb. What an ending that they're gonna go get their daughter, Alice.
0: It was. I felt like it was a perfect ending. I wasn't there for the full show, but I, you know, I have to ask you guys: Did they stick the landing? I think we've screamed about it this whole time, so I think I know the answer. But
1: what if we're like, no, dog shit? Uh, <laughs> terrible. It, it. Yeah, it was. I thought it, it was a beautiful finale that kept the tone of the show. It. Everybody's moving on, so it didn't like tie anything up, but it did. Uh, and then the last ten minutes of the actors talking about what the show meant to them uh, hit even harder and like more did better than any other version of that I've seen. I really like that. In my head, that is so actually part of the finale.
2: Melanie S, which is what I call her because I trip on her last name every time I try to say the actress's name. She's who, got a fiend, you know. who plays Winona Earp. <laughs> he can say that because he is obviously a moron. Uh, <laughs> that like she was, she's tough girl Winona Earp, right? Like that's who she plays. Yeah uh just on the verge of tears every time they asked her about the show or her character
1: mm-hmm. it, yeah her being on the verge of tears uh jeremy apparently being like the most laid back yeah. coolest person on set <laughs> who thinks he is cool enough to wear a bright white hoodie <laughs> uh doc being the nerdiest screech uh, yeah. on set
2: <laughs> i like it Was he was, they didn't take him out of costume like they did this in between takes and so he's dressed up as full doc holiday and i remember the last scene of Doc Holiday being like, "Miracles, my Montana." Do you think she'll still remember <laughs> us? And then it cuts to him on set, and he's like, "Well, I really enjoyed the show. I I enjoyed being on it."
1: And I think as as a unit, the three of us are more familiar with Tim Rosin's career than anybody else because uh-huh. we are Vagrant Queen Winona Earp, Three Shits Shows, My fans. I have never heard this sound come out of him. <laughs> <laughs> He no, just, and I like that.
2: He kept pushing up glasses that weren't there. Like, yeah. well, if you think about it, Let Out Urp has been odd for four seasons. Yeah, we know that, Tim. Well, <laughs> did you think about it? I I don't think you thought about it.
1: And then Jeremy gave him a wedgie and put his head in the toilet.
2: Seriously,
0: <laughs> the perfect ending. Uh, well, you guys, it is time to say goodbye to this beautiful show. Uh, that is all the time we have to talk about it. But Mike, I heard you do have a website that you want to make before we leave right now. You were talking about.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, Winona Lives and it's just going to be like a digital virtual scrapbook set to. Is it Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You? Is that the right? I think uh, I believe
0: so. The I will and, remember you. And, and
1: just like very slow fades back and forth. But like each time everything's clickable. Every time you click on something, it takes you to somewhere else on the site. Now, Mike,
2: I am the budget guy for your website. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to save enough money that we can get somebody to help you with it, some company, uh, because it looks like shit, which means we're not going to be able to afford Sarah McLaughlin's version. We can only afford Cassie's version of I Will Remember You. Just that I clip that you know she just say. That
1: unpowerful. is in the spirit of on Earth, so <laughs> I'm, I'm down.
0: <laughs> with no explanation. I think the fans will get it and understand it. But, Mike, this is a huge project that uh, I think is going to be very important to specifically the fans and probably the universe in the future. So, like, do you think you're ready to handle this on your own?
1: I think so. So far, I have figured Uh, out maybe how to buy a domain.
2: Let me me answer that for you, Cassie. Uh, In -hmm. one word, no. And in two words. Give me more words. Absolutely not. I do think I have seen Mike's preliminary napkin crayon drawings, and I do think he's actually going to need some help.
0: All right. Well, Mike, I guess the first question I have to ask you is: Is your web website built on WordPress? It's gonna be okay. Well, you know what, my friend, you're gonna you're gonna definitely have to reach out to I got a fan, I got a person for you, I got a team here, I got a unit, an absolute fucking unit. It's gonna be Cybersprout. Cybersprout.net. They offer premium hosting that is specifically built for WordPress, okay? And you know what? They got goal-driven design. Do you know what that means? Goal-driven Gold design? driven Gold-driven? Goal. Gold oh. and goal. They got that golden goal-driven design. And they're gonna create visually compelling websites for you. They're just Oh, that my
1: whole site is visual. That seems
0: perfect. It's <laughs> (laughs) exactly what you need it's the golden nugget that you need my friend also easy to manage you wouldn't pay a house for a house without receiving the keys to the door so why would you expect anything different from your website provider
1: true story did it once never again you're right don't want to do it for my website provider
0: you cannot and this again you have to do it right cybersprout.net reach out to them they're going to help you with this important project um cassie
2: is cybersprout the kind of company who will say who listen to mike's pitch for a website and be like oh that's fucking stupid or will they just help him make this garbage website
0: if if our track r- record proves anything they they back us 100 percent. whatever dumb shit we throw out there they are helping us build these beautiful websites Just
1: saints true saints <laughs> true
0: absolute saints you should also work with them if you are thinking of starting a website cybersprout.net that's all the time we have though so coming up next it's our pull list <laughs> We are back, and it's time for our pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First one starting it off is Invincible.
1: In the fifth episode of Invincible, a new powered being Titan is under the thumb of the crime kingpin machine head. Titan uses his family to get Mark to help him, much to Nolan's chagrin. Meanwhile, Mark keeps flaking on Amber, and there's tension in the new Guardians team. Taste buds ask you this, how is Invincible handling fuzzy morality?
2: I think for the first time, really good, and we're gonna get to this later on in the poll list, but uh this episode made me realize that a lot of what the show was lacking was agency from our main character, you know, mm-hmm. and uh he's being told what to do by you know society Everybody. or his mom or his dad or his team or his not team, or you know like uh, there's a lot of girls that he talks to who and he's trying to like be Ew. the best mark for them, and I know it's <laughs> it's gross because they have cooties, but uh this was. A very this is very clear evidence of his dad saying, "Don't care about the little people, right?" Uh, even though they're black and I'm white, that's that's just uh, my way is your dad, and then him making a decision. No, I'm going to do it. And even though it didn't turn out great for Invincible, ultimately it was it was an important decision that he made on his own.
1: And it's I, I do think that it's a better hero. And I mean, the whole point is this is that Nolan is not really a hero, but it's a better hero who goes, yes, I saved the world from an asteroid, and I can help one neighborhood out. Because his dad says, you're a Viltramite, you're worried about the big picture, who cares about the little stuff? And, they, and this, Mark this, and Debbie uh, are like, well, people are people, and if you know something's wrong, you, sh- you should probably try to help.
2: Right. And you could definitely take it as, it's the classic... Um is it possible for Clark Kent to have a dinner with Lois ever Uh because he can always hear people falling off a cliff or whatever. Um, But the way that they do it, the way that they have created Nolan's character is in this Nolan verse is that it's not just we have to, we don't have time or we have to worry about the stuff that's also important like family. It's just straight up conservative Republican. There are people that we care about and there's people that we don't.
1: And, but knowing, like, is is cunning enough to, he does not couch it like that. He still is like, but the big picture, that's what you should be focusing on. But he's not giving Mark shit for going to school. He, right. It is just like, Mark's like, I have these three, four hours. This is what I'm going to do with them. And he's like, mm. And for, for the juggling, Ken Clark can't have a dinner, it does highlight that Mark is a teenage boy who has trouble communicating, not just with Amber, uh, but with his dad. Because he's training with his dad. And he goes, oh, I got to go do this. And his dad's like, mm. Do you know how you fix that? You tell him before you start training that you have a hard out. Uh-huh. Have <laughs> those kind of hard conversations right away and then it doesn't get worse later, guys.
2: I don't know. I would like to tell dudes right now that that's actually not that hard of a conversation. Like no. we we have to start having all types of conversations, but one of the easier ones is I have to leave at 5. That's one that you should be able to have. Yeah. And it's not just a dad saying just this one time. But then Mark's reaction to that, it's all like hugs and kisses and thank you, thank you, thank you. He's elated. First of all, it's not going to be just that one time. No. And second of all, that's how you manipulate people is you get them to be super gracious Mm. for giving them basic needs.
1: I, I think one of the best, like the most ingenious part of the show is Nolan, we know is a super villain, but what makes him evil is the stuff we see yeah. in our lives every day all around us. He's a bad dad and a shitty husband.
2: Now the comic book did the surprise differently than the show, but I would say that so far that's been the one thing that the show has improved on over the comic mm-hmm. is and I mean the the com- he
1: was a great he was a g- good dad in the comic right yeah other than being murderous
2: and the comic is only like 10 years old but it was a big ten years where we realized a lot about like masculine toxicity and stuff uh I think that showing how Owen is acting owen is a is a villain and also a little bit like your dad too uh, yeah. I think that's the biggest jump from comic to show
1: because it, it, it is talking about the the little stuff too the little evils the little goods, all of that matters too. It's not just the big G good, the big E
2: evil. Right, and, you know, and that's why we talked about last week how he is gray son, you know? Like he's got to figure right. out those things for him and now he's starting to. Mike, I, I got to ask you real quick. Do you remember when the comic book came out and I don't know how I knew, like I don't know what website I was on or what comic cons I was at, but how big of a fucking deal Battle Beast was, how popular Battle Beast was in the comic book?
1: is Battle Beast is like the lion-o, evil alien with an axe?
2: Yeah, just a just a badass tiger with a hammer axe sword.
1: That is covered in blood throughout this episode. Uh no, I don't remember. He was being a, huge. Really? Yes. That makes sense. I could see him. It's like the the henchmen that Machine Head hires are all like weird dumb little goobers and then there's just this tyrant who should own the planet who's like i'm here for a while like is there to lust after battle
2: i mean really there's one person that could fight battle beast right right and he's watching everything from up up upon high
1: omni-man's watching mark disobey him get pummeled by these guys that this fight was brutal and awesome at the same time it wasn't just brut- brutal for brutality's sake it was it was a good fight to watch.
2: I guess if I told you that one of these characters in the bad guy team uh, that machine head better than the rest uh machine head. started uh one of them was popular you would pick battle beast over like yes electro over like, man
1: Intestine man or electro man
2: uh tummy tongues.
1: Tummy Tongues, that's a good name.
2: <laughs> Tummy Tongues is fucking weird to watch. Uh, but still, it, it's crazy how much uh, people flipped over him. Eventually, in the comic, they became allies, and then sure. Battle, Omni-Man kills Battle Beast, I think.
1: Spoilers. Sorry. Uh, I oh, just remember
2: because Omni-Man wears Battle Beast as a coat for the rest of the <laughs> comic book.
1: I need to finish the comic. Uh, to, going back to the, the, the gray sun, I really like that when Titan first asks him for help, he goes, "Why would I help you? You're a criminal." And Titan says, "You don't even know what that word means." Mm-hmm. And very, it feels like he's trying to argue that he should be more like Green Arrow in the comics. Like Green Arrow in the comics fights the systemic injustice that nobody, no other hero thinks about. Right. And Titan is like, "You, this stuff, Matt. The the systemic little stuff actually is what builds and matters way more than alien invasions. It's also every other hero is caring about that.
2: Like we've talked about, it's a lot more complicated. And the uh, misdirecting the asteroid." from hitting the earth is the stuff that like we do need to happen but anyone can make that decision everyone knows that the asteroid can't hit the earth uh this titan stuff is far more complicated you know i mean like he's he's gonna basically become a criminal kingpin so that it's not just that so he's not under the thumb of a criminal kingpin but so he could be a criminal in the correct way that he sees it Uh which is crazy
0: you, it sounds like there was a lot of stuff happening, but there was also a Tummy Dude, and I want to know your moments of the week, and if it's not Tummy Dude, I'm going to be so mad right now. So, Mike, let's start with you. Ooh,
1: it's not Tummy
2: Just Just say what? that you have two. And oh, make t- it's
1: is. I have I have three. One is Tummy Tungers, which is. is like, normal <laughs> families blow raspberries on their babies' bellies. Creepy families do Tummy Tungers. Uh, <laughs> three is, so Samson, who's on the Guardians of the Globe, used to be Lost His Powers, is now uh, like an Iron Man type, and... They, the Gardens of the Globe have a fight and win, but do really shitty. A lot of people get hurt, and he takes them to task. And just him, his way of dressing them all down and being like, How dare you be drinking beer? Here's all the ways we messed up and we're not a team yet. More like needs to happen in every comic book. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then when Titan and Mark are scoping out and Isotope and Machine Head come to the building, and Mark says which one's Machine Head? That made me chuckle heartily, because he (laughs) obviously has a robotic head, and that is the kind of humor I like from Mark.
2: And it made me like Titan a lot more, because Titan's like, uh, you're a fucking idiot and I hate you. (laughs) But also, good one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, Ryan, I want to know your moment of the week. It doesn't have to be Tummy Dude, Micro, and Tummy Dude, so it's fine. Uh, (laughs) You can just go on with your original ones. Uh
2: All right, so my second of two—I'll skip the first—is it goes to future pop filter hall of famer Nicole Byer, who is the voice of Titan's wife and daughter. Really? Yeah. So that's
1: awesome. She's amazing. I didn't realize we all loved her. Mm -hmm. She's obviously a saint, and I love that she's a future hall of famer. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That's the uh, Nicole Byer a two for one Nicole Byer just yes. All right. If you want to watch Invincible, it is on Fridays on Amazon Prime. Our next show is Supergirl.
2: On this week's episode of Supergirl, Kara makes a new ally. Meanwhile, Lena and Lex battle for control of LuthorCorp. This episode was called Phantom Menaces. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is the age difference so great between me and Cassie that Phantom Menace and not New Hope is her actual Star Wars? Mike, I'm going to you for this. <laughs> Spoiler.
1: I think so. I think she loves pod racing. I think she loves...
2: Mm -hmm. uh, Ah, Nubian
1: eh? Not bad, eh? Jewish stereotype (laughs) flying. It's, Uh, It's so
0: good. It's so good. But yes, there's pod racing. Like, how could I not? Obviously. This is 100%. You guys are right. If you want to watch Supergirl, it's Tuesdays on the CW. Hold um, on, Cassie.
2: Where is Phantom Menace in your Star Wars movie rankings?
0: You, can I put it like number one, number topsies? Like, everybody must watch. Th- this is How unbelievable. Is you feel? Everybody must watch Phantom Menace. Put it at the top, everything else below. I don't even rank the other ones. I have a one, and then there's Star <laughs> Wars. I have Phantom Menace and just the Star Wars in general. Uh, just su- a
1: trash person <laughs> with trash taste.
0: <laughs> Thank you. If you want to watch Supergirl, though, it is on Tuesdays on CW. Our next show is Pennyworth. In the
1: season two finale of Pennyworth, it turns out that the Stormcloud weapon the crew stole was in fact a fake, and the real Stormcloud is hidden in London. There's a lot of gunfire, tension, side switching, and when Salt finally detonates Stormcloud, it only hits Troy. Flash forward six months, Bet is fully in the side of the English lead, and Alfie is a colonel now with the help of a super soldier, Stormcloud Troy. Meanwhile, Martha and Thomas have a baby girl? Taste what? buds. I ask you this. What's more likely? Bruce having a secret older sister or Pennyworth setting up a story of Brusina the Batwoman.
2: Brusina. Uh,
0: Got to be Brusina. Just cuz I want Brusina so bad. I want that to be what's happening.
2: Yeah, I just I don't want it to be Batwoman. I want it to be Batman in every way except that uh, she's a girl named Brusina.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It I I mean, if you start changing things in the canon, why not just fuck with everything? Why why have secret older sister and not just <laughs>
2: Here's the fucked up thing. 100%. I I actually read about this. It's the first time that Pennyworth ever ever made like any headlines whatsoever. <laughs> uh, that they had a girl, and either they are doing some
3: crazy
2: shit on that show, uh, as Mike and I used to say, they're killing the Penguin and making their own universe, or the baby's gonna die. <laughs> like then, oh. in order in order to like set it up so they have uh, a Bruce with no older sister that we've never heard of, the baby will die.
1: Or we send her to... The moon, Alice! The moon, Alice. And he, in the comics, is later going to find out he's a secret moon sister.
0: Or they can pull an OC. Comics are dumb. <laughs> Consider this. They can pull an OC. Their horse has alopecia, and we just never see her again. <laughs> That's all that really matters. Well, China has alopecia. <laughs> and so, obviously, this daughter has to leave as well. Um, if you want to figure out what's happening with that, uh, Pennyworth is Sundays on Epics. Our next show is Fear the Walking Dead.
2: We boiled it down to three options, and one of them is Alice having (laughs) alopecia. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead returned this week and found John Dory meeting a new friend who pulls him out of his darkest moment yet. Meanwhile, back at Lawton, Virginia demands answers. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Which of the two friends that you're looking at right now pulls you out of your lightest moment?
0: No. Like we're
1: doing well, and then we see somebody? You're doing a real good job, and then
2: you get a text or a phone call from one of us.
0: You know, Cassie, you can answer. Oh, God. You're going to make me answer this one first. That's cruel. It's um, it's going to be Mike. Mike, please just just take this one, buddy.
1: It's going to be Mike. <laughs> Is that because you
2: know how poorly I would respond if you had answered me?
0: <laughs> no, Ryan, you always are a true gentleman on this podcast. And I know you would not blow up for no reason, especially a leading question like that. Great podcast. Honestly,
1: I'll be doing fine. I get a call from Cassie. I'm doing even better. Get a call from Ryan, doing even better. I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, fuck. So it's me. It's myself. It's Irene.
0: It's Mike for all of us. If you want to watch Fear the Walking Dead, it's Sunday's on ABC. (laughs) (laughs) Our next show is Black Lightning.
2: Uh, This week's episode of Black Lightning, Grace is abducted while she and Anissa go to Akashic Valley for their honeymoon, which leads Khalil to go looking for Grace. Khalil is, of course, painkiller. And this episode should lead directly to the Black Lightning spinoff, Painkiller. Taste buds. I ask you this. Are we seriously believing that Black Lightning is getting a spinoff called Painkiller?
1: Yeah. I don't think it's a weird April Fool's prank.
2: (laughs) But I mean, so often these shows are thought of and then fail. But this is like, it's going to come out soon. There's a Black Lightning spinoff called Painkiller, guys.
1: It is almost surprising that we're getting Painkiller and not Green Arrow and the Canaries about future Ollie's daughter.
2: What is the difference, would you say, between Painkiller and the Canaries?
1: May, I mean, it could be I, I don't read the traits that well. Maybe Black Lightning actually has <laughs> not good at a reading. following. I can't read that good. Yeah,
0: You've never been a reader. But I do want to, I'm surprised that it's not Gravedigger, and if Gravedigger can't continue on in Painkiller, I'm going to be so sad. <laughs> but uh, Black Lightning is Mondays on the CW. Our next show is Batwoman. On this week's episode of Batwoman, Bat Ryan is dealing with a new villain called Killavolt, who turns out to be a group of incarcerated criminals that have been giving, one, a lightning bolt gun, and two, a hall pass pass from the head warden dude. Uh, They are sent out to destroy at-risk youth centers in an effort to keep his jails filled. Meanwhile, Papa Crow is getting addicted to snakebite because it lets him feel like a big man. Alice is trying to hunt down Enigma so she can erase Kate from her memory. And Angelique has been captured by False Face during her transport into witness protection. Taste Mike, I ask you, do you think we will ever be done with Angelique or is she always going to be a part of Bat Ryan's story?
1: Go away. I want her gone (laughs) so bad. It's infuriating. I I think you're right. At least for the rest of this season, Mm -hmm. she will be here. I cannot believe this character is what they keep trying to focus on it she sucks
0: it was insane because i remember last week like i haven't been so opposed to angelique as you like i'm i'm kind of fine with a little abusive relationship but like i know like last week you were like i'm done i'm like i'm glad to see her gone and then once i saw her back in screen like in jail i was like fuck you know what i actually do want this to be done i don't want her anymore
1: and because she also like she's bad for ryan it's not just that she's a bad character on tv which she is. She's also bad for Ryan Wilder, who I like, because Ryan did time for Angelique, and then Angelique is pissy that when Ryan visits her, mm-hmm. like she's just like, oh, I'm in jail because of you. It's like, bitch, she did three years. Oh, I hate her.
0: <laughs> she was straight up like she ended the phone call early because she was like, what are you? Yes. Are you with Batwoman now? Like, are you to a thing? And just yeah, walked she's out.
1: so crazy jealous. Ah, oh, she sucks, man. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she does say. Uh, When she gets into witness protection, she's like, oh, jail was hard. I didn't really know what you did for me before. Fuck you, man. (laughs) Too little, too late.
0: It was a double thank you. Um, It was like, she's definitely going to be a part of it, though, because they mentioned that there was like two people who know how to make snake bite. And like now she's the only one, right? The other one. Sheep.
1: Yeah. Ocean is in the wind. Yeah. And. It's probably Angelique. I do like, so the false faces or whatever and black masks is whatever, but it gives us great little moments like when there's a interrogation. I think it's Daddy Crow who says, who's black masks to like a low level? And he goes, I don't know. That's why we all wear masks. Like very scared <laughs> and sincerely.
0: Yeah, just like, come on, man, obviously. <laughs> I do want to know, how do you feel about the storyline of uh, Papa getting adic- addicted to the drugs? Like, do you care at all? When he comes on screen, I just don't care about his story.
1: No, he, he he's not great either. I guess it's funny that the false faces, instead of killing him, one, he is the most easily kidnapped and captured head of a paramilitary service in the world. <laughs> uh, he should be fired based on that. But that instead of killing him, they're like, let's get him addicted to this drug. Mm-hmm. Won't that be funny?
0: <laughs> and you know what? Pretty good joke. If I could say, if I could yeah. rank the prank, pretty April good. April Fool's, bitch. <laughs> You're now addicted. Welcome to the end of your life. Uh, but I do, I do appreciate how much this show sticks to like what it's about, and that's calling out cops. And this one, obviously, yeah. this one they really went after like the whole jail system. And I, again, this is what they always handle really well, in my opinion. S-
2: Wait, hold on, well. what's wrong with cops? <laughs> oh, they're there to protect and serve.
1: <laughs> but who, Ryan? Who corporate interests and fat cats? You're right, and that's I. I it's she's the 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 main through line here is that the head of the private prison system is destroying community centers because at it risk. has t- uh,
2: this one's not at, uh, enough risk let's move on to the no. next one down the street C-
1: community centers for kids at
2: risk <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> i guess they're <laughs> at risk once they ne- once he knows about they're them they're
2: about to get destroyed
1: <laughs> because he wants them to be uh, on the streets he wants them to, to to fall in the way in the life of crime so they can fill his prisons and it is that is so i guess the only thing that makes it uh comic booky is that his crew has lightning guns mm-hmm. the rest of it like it's insane that there is for-profit prisons and batwoman tackling it is awesome and it, going back to we were talking about invincible green arrow it green arrow in the comics was one of my favorites growing up because he did take down corporate cat fat cats and like people who did like bullshit and like had had like he would have killed jeff bezos right like mm-hmm. anybody who disrespects their workers he he took them out and batwoman is filling that role nicely
0: yeah, and they're doing it way better than I expected from a CW show, especially one that had a rocky start, like a start that nobody cared about. And I feel like they've really found what they're going after and doing it well. I
1: I have a theory based on literally nothing except how the quality of the show jumped is that when they got Ryan Wilder, they are also maybe pulled in writers who could tackle the stories they wanted to write with yeah. Ryan Wilder a little better.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's it look, It's looking like it. Uh, we also got introduced to a new character, this Enigma, who is responsible for apparently everybody has some forgat- forgotten past. Like this is this is where the show kind of loses me. Every once in a while, they bring in something like this
1: she is the crow's psychiatrist i think but she also worked for sophia and anybody who forgets anything ever even if it's just to pick up the milk it's because enigma injected you with something (laughs) and erased your brain and all of our characters at one point in time or another have run into her it's (laughs) bananas
0: she has gotten to everybody in gotham and that's how she got her title um but yeah we're almost out of time do you have a moment of the week
1: uh my moment of the week is that the french guy from my zombie who had a pre- i've been told a pretty bad french accent just showed up here and it I, I think it's in daddy crow's like snake bite fever dreams but i was just excited to see somebody from i zombie no no real moments stood out in this <laughs> show i i enjoyed this episode but i wasn't like blown away by anything so i was
0: like yeah hey, i know that guy that's uh you're half right because the very end Mike, my moment of the week is when it's the fast and furious kidnapping scene of angelique because it was a pretty calm moment and then all of a sudden they come up in like fucking like subarus and like do a side a little j turn to cut them off it was
1: you know what you're right and the crows suck they are bad at their job and their job is bad
0: yeah (laughs) so that's my moment of the week if you want to watch batwoman it is on sundays on the cw our next show is the flash
1: this week on The Flash. When a mysterious ice powered enemy frames Frost for a brutal crime, she must find a way to clear her name. Barry, Barry and Iris have a surprise house guest, and Joe continues to deal with Kristen Kramer. TasteBuds, buds, I ask you this What are the chances Frost falls for this new icy powered enemy, aka Chilbane?
0: Wait, is Wait, his real you- name Ch- Chil- Chilbane? Or is
2: this- yeah, when you uh, say Wayne. A.K.A., is that what you call him or what the show calls him? No, is
1: his, this- his name's Chilbane. It might be <sighs> Blaine. Either way, no, need- Blaine.
0: God, love that 100%. I guess it's got to be a white Christmas. I don't fully understand, but I'm going to say 100% snow chance.
2: There's no honor <laughs> nice. Hmm, there's no fucking way, Mike, that uh Caitlyn splits into two people and there's not 3's company antics immediately, okay? Oh,
1: I hope both of them fall in love with Chill Blaine.
2: But like or like uh, do they have to be in the same place at the same time? Can they both go out on dates? Is there a Mrs. Doubtfire situation where they have to run back and forth? Oh, hello. That's just that's what <laughs> All I need from my TV watching is just, I don't care what I'm watching as long as Mike is in the room screaming, oh, hello! Every five seconds or so.
0: That's why we does, call that, does that
2: answer your question?
1: Yes, I think so.
0: And if you want to watch The Flash, it's Tuesdays on The CW. Our final show of the week is Falcon and Winter Soldier.
1: In the penultimate episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, Sam and Bucky forcibly take the shield from John. John is then discharged from the military and meets a pop filter hall of famer sam visits isaiah bradley and gets the full story and bucky sends uh, zemo right to the door of before going to louisiana to help sam rebuild his family's boat taste buds ask you this with one episode left how's the show handled the legacy of captain america and the nuances of being a black hero
2: okay let's get to it <laughs> just a light question uh it's just—it's really hard, Mike, to talk about this episode without talking about that pop filter hall of famer. But uh, <laughs> with your question, I have to say that I—I I, I super appreciate, and I think this is the reason for the Marvel TV shows to exist on Disney Plus and not Netflix. Uh, about like if we just had movies, then Sam would just pick up the shield, mm-hmm. right? And this episode sent home how difficult it is and how or complicated it is and all the reasons why he may give it up all the reasons why he doesn't just pick it up automatically and we still get our training montage we still get all the fight scenes that Mm -hmm. we need from an hour of mcu tv but the stuff that we don't have time for movies uh don't have time for in movies which is thoughtfulness and Mm -hmm. uh, a, a boat reparation uh, we we have here and I really appreciate it. like for the for the first for the most time of this entire series I, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I think this was the is the best episode of the series. So often penultimate episodes are the most fighting mm-hmm. in TV these days. It's just like the these biggest days. crazy stuff happens. And there was like you said that there, there were fight scenes and training montages, but the, the stuff that I'm gonna remember are mm-hmm. Sam having three different conversations. Sam and Bucky talking and bucky apologizing saying him and steve never thought about what it would be like for a black man i I didn't this show has tackled race but i didn't know disney would just full-on say that out loud like that captain america would never have thought about what it's like to be black uh and then sam and isaiah and sam hearing this older black dude who's been tortured by the government being like no self-respecting black man would pick up that shield and then the the bookend to that conversation is sarah saying is sam's sister sarah saying i get it i get what isaiah said but you got to be you Mm -hmm. and he has his reasons but that doesn't mean don't have him in like it's pretty nuanced
0: yeah that's it's the fact that there was those three like they didn't just have like they didn't decide to go just isaiah or just to sarah like yeah they could have gone just to sarah and been like yeah there could be a complicated past With like picking this up, but you know, you do Mm -hmm. you. And that's what I would have more expected from it. But they made sure they were like, no, this is the full story. This is what it's really like. And I was like, okay, Disney, wow.
2: I I mean, there's a point where like uh, Sam is just looking around and it is almost like a Justin Simeon project, you know, like yeah just like uh, I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do and I am being told by everybody. I'm either told I'm being told by people what to do or I'm being told by other people to not do what they're telling me to do, which I feel like is that's telling me what to do and I don't know what right. to do. And then uh, I think that Sam finally fucking says it because uh you know, Bucky is in a lot of ways uh a lot of mental ways uh, worse up than Sam. And he's like, uh, it doesn't matter what Steve thought. And I've been waiting for this entire time for somebody to say that. Just like, Mm -hmm. let's everybody shut the fuck up about Steve Rogers. Like he did get deified, you know, in this world. And for Sam to be the person to realize that, and, you know, do that thing of course, where I'm going to tell you this, but once I say it out loud, I also learn it as well. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to go grab that shield and learn. But also I, it, it's important for me to learn from Steve and Isaiah and my sister, Sarah and Bucky and the Dora Milaje And like, it's important to learn, but uh, Sam's going to Sam, Sam is going right. to be Sam, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that's what the, what, what the show's doing well, that a movie wouldn't have had time. And we talked about it last week, that Sam's superpower is uh, that he talked vets through PTSD and depression and stuff. And that he's just using that, all over the place. boom, boom. Yeah. Every direction, shooting that out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's one point in the training montage where he throws the shield at a tree and it's coming right at him and he knows he can't catch it. So he talks the shield down. Just like, no, yeah, no, no. It's, it's okay, shield.
1: Adult catch. We had a catch scene in Invincible a couple weeks oh, ago yeah. and it was at Father's Son. The same but this thing. is the only way bucky and sam could finally admit that they're friends yeah. is that they were playing grown-up catch with each other with the shield <laughs> and finally we're like we're we're buddies and we love each other and that's
2: fine which not to nerd out but if you want the shield to come directly to your arm you do have to throw it in a slightly different way than if you want it to go directly to the arm of the person next to you right uh-huh. like that skill that that is that some is, shield skill
0: do, what do you guys feel so in this episode you know we had them focusing so much on what the shield means to like a uh, uh, have a black Captain America and then we also had John Walker who got on trial for straight up decapitating a dude but like uh-huh. they stripped him of all of his honor but he still walked free do you think they're trying to like is they saying something with this or it- yes
2: oh yeah
1: <laughs> if Sam did that Sam would not have yeah. walked free I mean that that's what, what the examples Isaiah tells Sam the story that he the story is Sam uh Isaiah tells Sam about Getting POWs and rescuing them, and that's what gets him thrown in jail for thirty years, is the plot to the first Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Cap, that's when Cap becomes full on Cap as he saves POWs, and then he is deified for it, and Isaiah gets thrown in jail. So yeah, and then Isaiah tortured done... for
2: thirty years. I thought that mm-hmm. Isaiah was like uh, over like a long weekend. Isaiah was tested <laughs> on, like he was he was tortured for the rest of his life, basically.
1: Just a Labor Day weekend, uh, and yeah, John walks free. He's and a walker. Get, gets an. Other than honorable discharge and Is that a real phrase? It is a real <laughs> phrase. Because there's there's honorable, uh yours truly. And then there's or, and then there's dishonorable, which is like you did some fucked up shit. And this is like, look, we don't want to throw everything at you. But for for to do everything you did and that, like get no pension, no pay, no skills other than murdering for the government, and he does, I think, smartly throw it in their face like I did what you guys made me into. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure, but, like, uh, to quote a very common tweet of, oh, Lord, to have the confidence of a straight white male. Um, huh. John Walker full-on Brett Kavanaugh's out in his trial, you know? And I, I like beer. And I think that was pointed, too, of just, like, yes. no, 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 I'm standing here, and you guys are my superiors, and I just get to scream, and I get to hit the desk, and I get right. to throw a tantrum because I'm a straight white male.
1: And I'm walking out while you're still trying to tell me, like, the Stinky. nuances of my... life <laughs> <Yeah, stop laughs>
0: More- sentencing.
1: <laughs>
2: more egregious than the screaming at them right was the walking yeah. out before they were done to- oh my god if i did that to my mom woof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to your mom but we do learn that that senator is bad at. he's the one who picked john walker he's bad at his job he's also part of the global reparations society when they're trying to vote whether or not the patch act should go through this is the whole thing carly and the flag smashers are against and uh he's like do we even need to vote like Bro, I don't know what, yeah. how you think governing bodies work, <laughs> like. like yes. But yeah, you do need to vote.
2: In the meantime, Falcons at home, just being called Uncle Sam all of the time. Yeah, and then we uh, the other ones are America, just being not America. You know, like that's right. we don't work like that anymore. Like the thing that we, the way that we promote ourselves as being the best country, it's just not that anymore.
0: Yeah. Never was. <laughs> Do we, this episode, there was like some big heavy things in this, but then we also get a good portion of it is them fixing the boat. And I want to know, like, I was fine with how much time they spent fixing this boat. I did not care. Like, I enjoyed them just buddying out. Yeah.
1: It, it was part of their growth together. And it was also showing that, like, Sam, other than even before he was blipped, has been neglectful of home mm-hmm. and him taking care of him, rebonding with Sarah. I think was really important.
2: I think uh, a lot of times we talk about stakes and, you know, after uh, Thanos has been defeated, like, how do you even like reestablish stakes? And it's just by doing it like this boat in this moment is as important as the blip, you know? And uh, the the reason why I think so many Marvel shows, particularly on Netflix, have been weighed down is because of the constant two people talking exposition in a room and it's just non-stop mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be punching. It's just do something and have the characters be different than they were at the beginning of the scene. And to have a right. boat montage is the perfect way to do that. I wasn't bored because, you know, Galactus wasn't attacking. I thought it was thrilling to see what is, Fa- what does Sam do? What does James do? What does Sarah do? You know, what does mm-hmm. the neighborhood do? It was a full, it's a wonderful life moment where Sam really just called the neighborhood in to help with the boat. That's mm-hmm. th- that's still the stakes are just as high as yeah. uh, if Thanos was attacking. It's just on a smaller level.
1: Yeah, we got we got the training montage with the shield and a Sam calling montage, and I was pumped about both uh-huh,
2: of them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know you're doing it right.
0: Yeah, there's so much more to talk about, but we are out of time. So no, no whoa, 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 hold on,
1: okay. <laughs> I'm We're so sorry, made. Cassie.
2: There's uh, a new character introduced, and I'm not. I do not remember her name, and it's other than mm-hmm. Val, but uh, it's.
1: Val, we could just call it, but it's the Countess Valentina. Okay,
2: uh, did, was this spoiled for you guys before no, you watched no. it?
1: I stayed away from the internet. So
2: how I I got it ruined for me? How did you guys react when Pop Filter Hall of Famer Julia Louis Dreyfus came in playing a character who, in the comic books, would one will one day become Madame Hydra?
1: Oh shit. I just knew that she slept with Nick Fury back in the day. I didn't know. Like, she, she was another super spy. I did not know that she will be Madam Hydra. Uh, did know that there was supposed to be a character. Was trying to figure out who it could be. I love that they are very good at keeping us on our toes. Uh, perfect casting. The, the, the one flaw is her, her opening line. Uh, I think was less than of these boots were not made for walking. Everything after that was perfect line, perfect delivery. Uh, handing the blank card to get the wife to shut up, yeah, the <laughs> like... way she
0: handed it was like perfect. That's where I was like, yes, it was. This
1: I didn't. We need her, and I didn't even know it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited uh, to get more of her. But uh, Ryan, can I? I I'm going to go to moments of the week now, with your permission, though, of course.
2: Uh, my moment of the week is uh, the blank card. It it didn't even have the decency to say the Monster Squad and then no other information on it. It just was a blank card that the wife sat there silently looking at, flipping over and over again until the the JLD walked away. Oh my and- god, guys! She's in the fucking MCU now. That's yeah,
1: insane! It's amazing. It's
0: going to be so good. And
1: she, uh, I don't know if you this has been spoiled for you, so I'll do it right now. This was not supposed to be the thing she was introduced in. Yes, we're going to get more of her this
2: summer. Right?
0: Oh, ooh, Baby. In the Eternals. Dang. All right, Mike. What about you? Moment of the week?
1: Uh, obviously, I have a couple. But we we talked a lot about like the character moments and how important those were and how well they did those. But that first fight scene between Bucky, Falcon, and John Wilson oh, was fucking awesome. The triple takeout. The triple takeout. Yeah, the the double flying punch thing, arm breaking. All of it was amazing. And it's it's uh, so
2: scary, and it's important for the show to keep reminding us that Sam has not taken the serum. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. in that initial fight scene, and even in the shield training later, motherfucker's going to kill himself. Like, he yeah. he better train quickly.
1: He's just a dude. And I also love when he – there were so many push-ups, so much sprints, and I was like, even a guy in as good of shape as he is can be like, no, I'm not in good enough shape. And that's <laughs> baffling. And then uh minor moment of the week is uh, – uh, one of my favorite artists from the last year, fantastic Negritos. Have you lost your mind yet? Played over the montage and not long enough. I fucking love that song. I love that artist. And we got him for part of the montage and it was dope.
0: <laughs> Always good. Bring it to a music moment. Uh, my moment of the week is when they're building the boat and, uh, uh, the, or when the pipe like starts exploding and uh, Sam asks Bucky why he didn't use the metal arm. And he just responds with, I don't think to use it first. I'm right-handed. The delivery of it yeah. was perfect. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is Fridays on Disney Plus, and that was the last show for our poll list, which means, you guys, we get to return to X Taz in this next segment. We So, uh. we're ending it so strong. We got X Taz and the interview with iFanboy, but let's return to our love, X Men. <laughs> Welcome to the return of Egg's Tasmania Bitch, a mini-show within a show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode episode look at Fox's Seminole, an underrated early-morning soap opera of the mid-90s X-Men The Animated Series. On the fifth episode of Season 2, Wolverine runs into his old crew, Alpha Flight, and it's not a great reunion because they are trying to capture him to get them bones. The lead angry Canadian will stop at nothing because with an, without an adamantium dude in the crew, Alpha Flight is just a group of sad Canadians rolling around their mutant puck. We also briefly get in uh, check in with Professor X and Xavier, who are now being tracked in the Savage Lands by the mutants of the island. Taste buds. Before we dig into the plot, we have to talk about the previously on section because it was just a highlight reel of like Wolverine's terrible puns and one liners. Uh-
2: and just, like, a, like, is Wolverine modeling for, like, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? Because this was just, this was a reel. This, we watched his reel of how, <laughs> all, like, the hot things he's done. And I think the most important thing, because remember, clip shows or previous on's always sort of, like, give you um, little hints about what's going to happen. There was one point that made it clear. God damn it, Wolverine, why are you so short? <laughs> and then that comes up later in the episode, just how fucking short he is.
0: Yeah, it's is the one insult that will always, it cuts deep for him. He's like, I am short. This poor little shorty. I, he
1: should be more, people should throw the insult more that he only goes for married women. I know him and Heather <laughs> say they're friends in here, but the way he screams her name in the woods when he first shows up in Canada mm. is... There is something there.
2: Well, when the show starts, we don't know what's happening. We later learn who Heather is. But when it starts, it's just him walking through the Canadian snow going, Heather! Uh, No. Heather! It's
1: not that. It's so (laughs) love-torn.
2: Heather! (laughs) So it's Stanley Kowalski.
1: Yeah. It's unruh. He rips his shirt.
0: (laughs) Heather! (laughs) And while he's going through this whole thing, that's when uh, Vindicator, we are introduced to Vindicator and uh, also just some vines. At that time point, it's just Vines.
1: Look, I know Captain Canada would be a fucking terrible name for a superhero. There's a Captain Britain. That's fine, actually. But Captain Canada sounds way worse and stupider, and you'd have a big old hat. But Vindicator, you sound like a villain, my friend. Yes. Your name is villain.
2: Vindicator. Uh, by the way, did you guys notice in the credits, it says written by Len Wein? No. Who uh, wrote Incredible Hulk number 181. The comic book you could tell by the number at the end of the title, which is the first appearance of Wolverine.
1: That's pretty cool. neat. He wrote that's
2: this a, episode.
1: That's a Maybe very fun
0: fact.
2: And in between that issue coming out and this episode, he forgot how to write.
1: <laughs> See, I disagree. I was we have talked a lot of shit on Wolverine on X Tasmania, and I think this episode. I'm like, you know what? I think I get it. The, the, this what this episode pinned down Wolverine's coolness more than the last season and four episodes. Uh, which, like it, it captured the torture, it captured the runaway. Like, and he, I don't know. It, it won me over a little, and I'm sorry to say that, guys.
0: Man, that is wild and bold of you. That's a very bold <laughs> statement. I'm having trouble comprehending it. Uh, we do get to see, speaking of his past, though, we then get a flashback to his past and him getting his adamantium bones, which the transformation mm-hmm. just made him beefier and hairier, like in this tank. Yeah. Like, that is what, That's the what metal anime, bones will do. <laughs> and and the just but, like add hair.
2: What's crazy is that uh, he was born with, you know, bone bone bones, and part of part of his bone bones was that uh, three uh, fist bone bones would come out of his hands, and then those claws were covered in adamantium. But according to this, the adamantium thing accidentally made yeah. claws come out of his hand, which I they thought was interesting.
1: A- a couple teaspoons too much of adamantium. <laughs> and those came out through his claws. Which I
2: love how in every science experiment, there's always going to be something that you don't see coming. Like in when they made Frankenstein, they didn't see coming that he could just yeet a girl right into a, the middle of a lake whenever he wanted. Pick him up, scream, you're I a think, girl!
1: I think Igor put that in specifically. Okay,
2: so somebody at the Weapon X factory... uh
1: yeah, it was like, Claws will be dope. <laughs> <laughs>
2: his his name was... And just
1: like a number three scientist he didn't tell. An intern came in and was like, you guys know it's awesome. His name was a million he,
2: his name was Claws will be dope. And he <laughs> snuck in those fisticuffs there. And I love how Wolverine was just as surprised as everyone. He was like, what? And everyone was like, what? And then he just used them to attack immediately. Yeah,
1: his first thing is like, not like if I... Touch this? Will they rip out of my hand and hurt me? It's just like, well, I'm gonna start using them on <laughs> glass and walls.
2: Was he a fucking uh, 16 year old on spring break? Because he had a fist full of white claws.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that's why you're here, Ryan. Everybody loves it. Uh, in the episode, we do get uh, then we see we flash back to the present and it's Alpha Flight's uh, taking on Wolverine. And I've never seen a team portrayed so poorly. Like Dude, I. <laughs> I
1: love what rejects they are. They're so bad. <laughs> but it's not
2: like Great Lakes Avengers, right? Like, is this just no. shit-talking on Canada? Because they do two things. One, <laughs> say again instead of again, again. And two, suck at superheroing.
1: They, they suck at superheroing because I think instead of building up Wolverine even better, they just, like, made Alpha Flight shitty at what they do. And their powers aren't great as a team. But I do love, we get so much Canadian representation. We get uh, indigenous folks and shaman. We get uh, friends wait, hold Canadian on, sorry, the twins.
2: Like, let's go one at a time. Uh, Shaman, Wolverine is fighting Shaman and he said, Wolverine says this ain't no kitty show and I, 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 t- I tried to figure out why he said that to the uh, Native American character and here's the best uh-huh. that I could come up with there was a Native American character who could grow really big on Super Friends a kitty uh-huh. show of the generation before so was he saying you can't be Native American on this badass adult cartoon that's some kiddie show shit just to be Native American? Because if so, that's motherfucking racist as shit, Wolverine. That
1: or that Shaman's power is to grow plants and Wolverine's saying that's kitty shit. I'd say I don't he's know. he's
2: one of the most effective Alpha Flight members. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if we doing. so we have the indigenous uh, folks represented in Shaman. Uh we have French Canadian and the Twins, Aurora and North Star, who, if they hold hands, can fly. Stop.
2: Okay, so I know we want to make the incest jokes, but do you guys know what a big deal North Star was when I was a kid?
1: Is it because he was one of the first gay comic characters? Yeah, like it did be, that come later. No,
2: that like when I was a kid, oh, was he he uh it was like Marvel's big one of our characters is gay. It was not Spider Man or Hulk, but North Star of Alpha Flight uh was a gay Canadian.
1: Yeah. And I did not want to make incest jokes just about how bad their powers are that they can only, because Wolverine, they, they fly Wolverine up and he goes, You know what I can do? And just rip, stop, makes them stop holding hands and they all fall. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: Which is Mike, just float. <laughs> Mike, that's what you do to all people you see holding hands. Let's be honest. You know what
1: I can do? <clears throat> your love makes me angry. We have your uh, classic hoser Canadian and Puck. Mm hmm. Who is uh, like a four-foot guy, roly-poly man with a giant P on his unitard.
0: And just rolls into a ball. I love Puck. I don't know what who thought of Puck or why he'd be put on a team, but I love Puck.
2: Nobody, See, nobody needs he, to throw him. Puck
1: fans. <laughs> so you're in the right house. Oh,
2: shit. I never made the connection. I always thought of Puck like Shakespearean. I don't think about oh, it Canadian-wise, be- which is ho- he's a hockey puck <laughs> flying around the fight.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's immediately where was <laughs> like, they really I put a in here. I also thought
1: Shakespearean. <laughs>
0: so and then we have Sasquatch. Well, yeah,
1: going through Canadian representation, the last group we haven't talked about yet is the Sasquatches of Canada. Maybe and we have Sasquatch.
2: I couldn't believe uh, reading comic books, Puck never had that, like, Whoa, from the Lollipop Guild voice. And wouldn't it have been better if Puck and Sasquatch switched voices? So <laughs> yes. Puck yes. was like, I'm Puck. But
1: Puck is your classic aboot, hooser. Like, he's the one who really falls in, like, the most Canadian accent.
0: Yeah. But that's that's the full team we see later, at, kind of in the same flashback. We get we understand who Heather is and how she like helped him adjust to his metal bones. We finally know. Yeah, she's They're just points.
1: like the wife of the team. Yeah. Which was
2: it was nice to know that Wolverine wasn't just screaming Heather for no reason throughout the <laughs> the, the forests of Canada.
1: The the in the flashback. And when Heather and Wolverine talk later, I kind of get Vindicator's hatred of Wolverine because he was obviously yes. trying to pick Heather off oh, of 100. James the whole time. <laughs> he's the
2: he's the Canadian Cyclops. Like he's standing there saying, I can see you flirting with my wife. I'm right here. <laughs> Vindicator. But
1: he is a bigger dick because when the evil general who runs Department H is like, No, we just need his bones. He can die. The rest of Alpha Flight's like, what? And Vindicator's like, oh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: Get the bones.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's the owl lady whose name I don't think we ever get. Even Alpha Flight forgets her. She turns into an owl.
2: And no, I want to be clear, though. She chooses to turn into an owl. Right. Almost all the time, except for the very end where I thought she could only turn into an owl. Uh At the end, she turns into like a wolf. Uh, Bitch. There was a million other animals you could have turned into.
1: It's just zero imagination. She just turns into an owl. She could do anything. They could have two Sasquatches on their team, an orange one and a white one, but she's just like, owl, I know what we need.
0: Someone's got to be wise there, okay? Um, Yeah, in this one, we learn first that the name is Department H, and also that they tried to name him Weapon X, and he turned it down. Wolverine himself was like, No.
2: To be fair, though, it, uh, when Wolverine hears it's called Department H, he's like, oh, that sounds legit. I will definitely yeah. go to that.
1: <laughs> dope, dope, cool, cool. But it's it's because Weapon X was his, I don't know how they learned this, unless like they are tied to his origin. Weapon X was his experimented-on name. Mm. And that's why he's like, no, please don't call me that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and then after all of this, we cut to the Savage Land, because, again, Magneto and Professor X are still here, just chilling here.
2: All right, I'm going to be honest right now. I put up with this Alpha Flight conversation bullshit because that's what we have to do to talk about the show. I'm really only here to talk about the Savage Land scenes because that is th- this is what is amazing about this episode. Uh, Prof and Mags hanging out in the Savage Land and what happens here. This is the entire episode for me.
1: And it's like 30 seconds of screen
0: yeah, time. I don't care. It's like 30 seconds. <laughs>
2: They're go. Can I take over, Cassie, here? Can yes, I explain this?
0: You have the passion for this, so I would prefer you.
2: Walking across a bridge as you do. Look, it's an Indiana Jones-looking time. Uh, Professor X clearly points out, God damn, these dinosaurs look cool. And Magneto <laughs> says, nothing. They go, <laughs> they go across a bridge. They meet a mysterious jungle woman dressed in one of the grooviest studio uh, 69 yuck. dresses I've ever seen. Uh, says, hey, just before I fucking mind blast you, you know that uh, your friend there, Magneto, he created all of these terrible dinosaur mutants in the Savage Land, which I don't even understand how that's possible. Professor X looks at Magneto, and Magneto stares at him with the most broken <laughs> magnetic heart I have ever seen in my life. Oh, I didn't want you to know
1: that I'm a genetic monstrosity. Oh. Yeah, she says all the mutates, they're not mutants, they're mutates in the Savage Land are Magneto's creations but we serve a new master.
2: And I I don't know who that is, but you can see Magneto uses powers, which he doesn't have anymore, in the Savage Land to bring the collar of his thing out and go, (laughs) oh. Anyway, uh, Groovy Dressed Jungle Woman starts blasting them with mind waves and they run across the bridge. Professor X sees Magneto's belt knife and cuts the bridge down so they swing across to get away from the mind waves.
1: It's because they... X slips because he hasn't walked in thirty years, so he slips off the bridge and Magneto catches him, and that's when he grabs the knife and chops the bridge because he's like, "This will be dope." This also, this is gonna look so cool,
2: guys. If you're on a bridge that looks like that, either it's you have to cut it or it's going to cut without your knowledge. Like, be Not in it. control of breaking that bridge.
1: Right. And then when they land and there's obviously a path, uh, they walk away the calmest two people so have okay. ever walked. <laughs> <laughs> at. This is
2: this is the greatest moment in Xtas history. I thought that they would be climbing. <laughs> For their lives, for the rest of the episode, they drop down six feet onto a platform, groovy dress, jungle woman starts screaming at them, and they say nothing, they turn around and walk the other direction, and she's Which like, oh, the- I'll get you. The
1: harshest weapon you could throw back at her is completely ignoring her. Cassie, at
2: some point, you're going to say, all right, it's time for awards, we're going to hand out awards. All of them come from that 30 seconds right there. I don't care what the award is. <laughs> And I didn't ob- it's so clear that it's because uh, animation is expensive and, like, it would have been expensive to have them react. But so, the like, the lack of reaction, oh, God, what two badasses those guys
0: are. <laughs> They're just, like, walking off an ex- es- escalator at the mall. Like, it's the most casual thing. Uh, we do, after this amazing scene, though, we do cut to Jean. They want to let you know the team is trying to find these Professor X and Magneto, so Jean is out there trying to sense things, and she sense Wolverine. Still can't get in the Savage Lands, but she does sense Wolverine's pain. Nothing helpful, just his pain, because he's been captured. Yeah.
1: Even Cyclops is like, like a destination or location. She's like, no, just so much pain. And then the coldest Gambit has ever been, He, after being told one of his teammates is being tortured, he goes, well, he's been a pain in the ass since he showed up, right? Everybody just glares at him. And
2: then, and I almost made this a drop for you, Cassie, but I thought that you would abuse it. Cyclops turns around and screams, not funny, Gambit!
0: <laughs> yes, I would abuse that one, yes. Can you imagine,
2: Mike, what life would be if Cassie could just... Uh-huh. Scream, not funny. Gambit at us whenever. I mean, she I wanted. guess
1: she can just scream it whenever she wants. The but. power
0: is there, and I can do this whenever. Uh, and then, yeah, then we cut to we get to see Wolverine's pain, and uh, it ends with like they realize the rest of the team realizes that uh, maybe this is too much. The fact that we want to take his bones is probably a little bum, yeah. a little too much. And Puck <laughs> comes in, and he's like, "Hey guys, let's be friends. Let's let's not do this."
1: Yeah, Puck, Puck is like, "Wait, we were trying to help you." But the whole time he's like, please, no, don't take me. And they thought, they're like, well, we're going to beat the shit out of him. And then we'll all be friends again, like before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then that's how you make a team.
1: But Vindicator, this is when they're like, oh, we're going to steal his bones. And the evil general's like, even if he doesn't live, we'll take him. And that's when Heather's like, oh, I'm out. And Vindicator's like, come on. (laughs) Like He's so upset. Like, we have a job to do. What do you mean you're out?
2: There's no divorce happen. in Canada. I was so nervous that uh, while all this was going down, Scott Summers was also watching Alpha Flight <laughs> just decide that their leader's a dick and he's just like.
1: i did the X Men see these tapes. I don't know if they
2: could make that decision.
1: Oh and one of the best Not funny Alpha Flight When when they're like they take out the general. The general fucks up the machine because he spills water on it. So of course the whole room stops working. But then vindicator uh and wolverine are like going toe to toe and vindicator's like we saved you you gave you your life back and you left us and wolverine very smartly is like so i could be your weapon <laughs> like y- you're not on the moral high ground here bro right you're mad i wasn't your assassin yeah.
2: and then secondly you just spilled water everywhere like i'm not gonna <laughs> listen to you
1: we not a carry a cup asshole
0: and then, yeah, the show literally ends with Wolverine just running off into the woods out of a hole in the wall. And we just oh, see him but... running <laughs> He, he woods.
1: does that.
2: That's his move, man. <laughs> this is so- he does that a lot. If somebody accidentally makes a hole in the wall, so he runs away. He's going to end up at the X-Mansion. He's going to be like, shit, this is where I ran away from before. <laughs> uh, now I have to wait for somebody to blow a hole in a wall so I know how to
3: leave. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
1: Wolverine. So Someday I'll understand doors. <laughs> I'm
0: so glad we got to return to this. It was such a good episode to come back with. Oh, we do got to go to awards, though. So, uh, Mike, I'll start with you. What do you got for most 90s thing? Uh, I, get, I think
1: an evil military general who has no goal. Mm. His goal is to be evil and cackle at people. Like, there's no, like, we need Wolverine to do blank. Yeah, no He's just story, like, just... torture. <laughs> I need to torture. I
0: need bones and that's it. That's It seems pretty 90s. So they don't care about the backstory. Ryan, what do you got?
2: Uh, I think that it's Weapon X in general. It was such a big deal in the 90s, um, but... If I have to be more specific, I'm going to say uh, bodies and tubes with helmets on. Mm. There's just okay. so many bodies and tubes and just, like, people in lab coats saying, like, look at that body in that tube. <laughs> bodies and <in> tubes, <laughs> 90s. Bodies
0: and tubes. That's very strong. Uh, it's either... It's going to be me or you, because for most 90s thing, I have Wolverines cut off and frayed denim shirts, shorts that are also... Uh,
2: I think this is bullshit, Cassie. Uh-huh. Because Why? there's... Uh, and I know that you're about to get points and it's rude of me to interrupt and uh, correct you but there's no way that Wolverine in that state would have been wearing those shorts animators get your shit together and draw the naked Wolverine jumping around the Canadian forest show like. us
1: that furry dick <laughs> we
2: want to see that little Logan
0: they got that Logan a- lucky <laughs> you I was going to still give you the point and then you said Look, we got to see that little Logan and my instinct now is to not give it to you I do like men in tubes though so I'm still going to give it to you I'll be the bigger person here <laughs> Um, weird thing to be into (laughs) listen we all have our things face Ryan let's go to best gasp line what do you got for that Uh,
2: this is a fucking slam dunk Magneto created all of the Savage Land mutates (laughs) and then Professor X looks at him and and Magneto's like and Professor X's next line he sort of slurs Uh, he sort of he says what does she mean but the way he slurs it I thought he was gonna say what (laughs) shit <laughs> uh, that would have been such a better line but no it's it's Magneto's like oh no I don't I still don't know who groovy dress jungle lady is but uh,
0: nope, uh
2: nope. it that Wolf or Magneto created all of those things that's the gasp line
0: it's it's a very strong one do you have anything different Mike
2: Uh yeah mine is a gasp moment not a line when Jean is
1: looking for Professor X uh we she finds Nightcrawler Archangel Psylocke Wander and Peter Petro and Boomer She's just like here's all these other characters you'll never actually get to hang out with.
2: No Ghost Rider though.
0: No. No Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. They do constantly do that though. They just throw in some other characters to make a. I think it's specifically for you, Mike. It's a constantly bringing you yeah. joy. I'm always just like, oh, more things exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Best Gasline, I have Wolverine giving himself the name Wolverine because the audacity of this man to give himself his name and just walk out as he puts on like pointy ears and says, "Call, call me Wolverine," and walk away. Oh, he oh, could have no.
2: just said. Call, don't call me Weapon X. Call me Logan Jones or whatever his name is. Yeah. But he came up with a stupider <laughs> sounding thing than Weapon X.
1: Well, I'm short and hairy and savage. Wolverine's a small, furry, savage. I'm probably going to be a Wolverine.
0: Wolverine it's going to be it. Um, Ryan, yours is very good. I'm going to give that point to me, though, because I think it's a little better. Uh, our next award is best use of power. Mike, what do you got?
1: This is the only time we see a good power... From any of the alpha flight, and I don't get why Vindicator doesn't do it more often. He, when they start to trap him with the the vines, he comes out of the ground like a creepy ground ghost, yes. and never phases through anything again after that.
2: And what a, like what an open show, what an open award show for us because no Aurora Monroe, right? Like yeah, this is the Storm Award won't go to Storm. Yes. So many options here.
0: Yeah. Um. Ryan, who do you get?
2: Uh, I said claws just because. Uh, he realizes that he has claws, but he never forgets to use them. And from that point on, uses them for everything. And <laughs> I think that that's cool. He's not like, oh, I have claws. How do I get out of this tube? He's like, I have claws. That's weird. Ah! And then just goes.
0: <laughs> Zero adjustment period for him. Like, he was destined to have claws. Um, best use of power. I have Professor X using that upper body strength to hold on to that rope yeah. as he cuts that bridge. Because he's yeah. been preparing his whole life. Um, again, I'm going to give that point to me, you guys. Shit. Uh, most uh,
2: most people, Professor X's uh, age are playing bridge. He's fucking cutting bridge and he's so, climbing bridge.
0: That's how Professor X does. Uh, next reward LVP. Ryan, what do you got for it?
2: <laughs> okay, so this one's obvious. Uh, we've talked so much about how the Vindicator is such a dumb piece of shit. Uh, really, like I would say, betrays what it means to be Canadian. <laughs> 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 but his whole power, uh, as opposed to being an asshole, uh, is this force field. And then he's thrown gently against a person. And his force field turns off. And he's like, oh, no, my force field. And that's just it. He's now out of power. So all you have to do is gently toss Vindicator. And he's done. Uh, It's Vindicator.
0: Yeah. It's very strong. Uh, Do you got anybody else, Mike?
1: No, it's it's Vindicator. Because as Ryan said, he's not a Canadian. He has an American attitude, which is not a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) And... Yeah, like his coolest power is phasing. He does it once and then never again. Yeah. Uh his powers to look like a big giant Canadian dick.
0: I think mine also in the end falls to uh Vindicator. It's I have it as the Alpha Flight team for not being able to find Wolverine when they drop him into the trees, because they know exactly where he fell, and then they're like, Everybody span out and search where he could be. Like they are looking at the ground, but he's not at the ground, so go to the trees. It's right there. It's unreal. <laughs> Um I'm going to give that point to Ryan though it is vindicator he said it first though you know you know the rules mike I'm so sorry
1: Such a crazy rule
0: <laughs> We got it we <laughs> got to stand by something here All right the biggest award we got to go MVP mike what do you have
2: Well uh, let me go I, first so I can get the point
1: <laughs> I know we don't do that here uh but it's Wolverine he he takes out an entire team of other superheroes so he runs through every wall he can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, he instantly learns how to use his powers, and it's the least lame he's been this whole run.
2: Instead of Alpha Flight, should it be Beta Flight or Cuck Flight? I think it should be <laughs> Cuck Flight.
1: Well, we know Vindicator's a Cuck. And he's a Canuck.
2: <laughs> cuck, oh. is there something is we can do with that?
1: In in the flashback, there's definitely hints, if you read the subtext, that Vindicator, Heather, and Logan had a three-way. <laughs>
0: the answer right there and i think she teaches him how
1: she teaches logan how to read and then they all fuck it
0: was right that's the tagline on the movie poster (laughs) all right ryan what do you got for mvp
2: it's professor x again let me restate how the savage land scene one one, right (laughs) literally only one scene Mm -hmm. was the most important part of this entire episode and for him to cut the bridge swing on the bridge drop six feet down and walk the fuck away uh, was just baller as shit the whole time Magneto was like oh he's gonna be mad at me I'm about the mutates so oh no but the whole like Magneto was just like no I'll just I'll just follow him it's Professor X
0: that's pretty strong I am really disappointed that nobody came with Puck cause it's Puck for just his vibes and just being like he's <laughs> just the fact that Puck exists he should be the MVP you know um, what the, the
2: problem with Puck though is that he reminds me of when I was an alcoholic cause I also had pee on my shirt
0: <laughs> man ryan i was there's a tie between us to get these points right now and like i just i don't know what to do with it i'm gonna give it to mike i was gonna make one of uh, us, us win, but it. because the P on my shirt it's gonna go to mike so points in the end mike you got one full one mvp wolverine wait so winner. who
2: wolverine is the mvp is that a first
0: that's a first yeah. for him and i think possibly the only chance so we gotta jump on it while we can uh, and then, my, Ryan, me and you tied. This has never happened before, but we have tied. It feels good to be at the top with you. and it feels You know what, Cassie?
2: I would say that the right amount of points for me to have, the right amount of points for anyone to have is the amount of points that you have. And if that's me saying that is worth an extra five points, mm-hmm. so be it, you know? I'm Whatever's you in the Bible, it. baby.
0: I'm glad you said it. It's absolutely worth nothing, but uh, thank you for saying it. Okay. okay. And, uh... <laughs> That's uh, that's all the time we have to talk about X-Taz because we got to get to that good interview with iFanboy Ryan. So that's going to come up right now.
2: Thanks, Cassie. I'm here with Connor and Josh of iFanboy, one of the longest running podcasts about comic books currently on the market, let's say. Uh, can you guys tell us about what your show is? About an hour.
3: Very Nice. Um, so yeah, so we have several shows. Our main show is the pick of the week show that, and I'm Connor, by the way, uh, that, um, Josh and I have been doing in various forms for f- 15 years and a half 15 years. And we review the week's comics. It's not that exciting. It's not that complicated. <laughs> we just, somebody, somebody has the pick of the week. It's a rotating, uh, honor it used to be that we would write a review on our website back when we had content on our website, and then they, that person picks the their favorite book of the week we talk about that book we talk about other books from the week. we do listener mail we have other kinds of goofy uh, um, format segments. segments but we also have several of the shows we have a Josh's interview show called TalkSplode. we do a books show where we Josh and I will read a old trade and we have media now which is about non comics media which is overlaps with your show Um Although not really, because we don't really talk about comic stuff on that one, but um, those shows were all unlocked by like the patrons, our Patreon. So we have a lot of. We end up doing like we did about eight shows. No, that's not true. We do about six shows a week, a month now. I think.
2: And yeah, every once in a while, special shows when there's a movie or a TV. Right. You just that I just forget there are movies in the world.
3: Yeah. And then yeah. there's the special edition shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so you know, it's fun. We've been doing it a long time. We don't know how to stop doing it. Yeah. We, it, it's it becomes weekly therapy for us, and uh, we did like talk.
2: Did you guys do a thing about a year ago where you're like quarantine? We have more time to make more shows, and then <laughs> quickly find out that was not true at all. Uh,
4: we we weren't really rushing to fill the world with more more of us. <laughs> uh, we kind of we kind of did that. We did our video shows over a decade ago, and we kind of got got the hang of sort of figuring out everything we can do. I think it was more like we had to adjust to what I don't know. It was just like, things were just different we had to adjust to see what that was. And so, you know, part of that was just like, well, we, we weren't talking about movies anymore. So we started doing our media split shows around that time. We opened up our patron hangouts to everybody for the better part of a year. Um, and we just really focused on what was good. Cause it was a little while where actually at the beginning, like we didn't, there were comics for a little bit. We weren't quite sure it was going to happen. And so we, I think we had a pick of the week one time. That wasn't a comic book just because,
3: no, they or, were all they were all comics. They were just old comics. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, the, you know, never in the history of the industry have has comics not come out, right? So right. this was the first time, and so for us, whose entire format is based on the comics coming out, there was a there was about an hour that we were a little panicked. But one thing we've learned over the fifteen years is that we can talk about anything for an hour, right? So. Don't shoot us in the foot before this starts. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's what we did, like, G.I. segments about the G.I. Joe cartoon, because we'd like talking right. about it. And we did um, old car- old comics. And it turned out, we, at first, we thought we'd have to come up with a lot of segments. Like, I was, I was like brainstorming ideas. And then it was like, we didn't really need to, because we were just babbling on for an hour. But it turned out to be, like,
4: you know, at that time, I mean, the whole year has been garbage since then. But, like, at that time, it was really helpful like for us to sort of just have fun and talk about things. And we had our old, uh, our our third host who works for Marvel now. So we can't do the show about comics anymore. He came on to talk to us about GI Joe cartoons during that time. So it was like a reunion of the original team for that time. It was, it was really good. I I mean, like uh, through this whole thing, I feel like uh, it really helped us. And it's helped. Like a lot of our listeners have been like, that was great during the time when everything is really terrible because we were having fun. So we we're really proud of that.
3: But to get back to your original question, no, we didn't have more time because Josh had to deal with two kids all the time and I was drunk for most of the day. So we didn't <laughs> have more time to do more podcasts. It was a lot of existential terror and angst going on. I'm uh, very tired. Yeah.
2: I, uh, I'm sort of doing both right now. I have a two-month-old, my first kid, and I'm drunk Jesus. all day. So one of them has to go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, which one will be. Did you guys find that you that the show kept you relatively more sane than the people that you knew because you had this social outlet. You got to hang out with a friend every week. And that's not something that a lot of us had
4: always. It's always felt like that. It was just more. So now, I mean, it really is, does always feel like that. Uh, Connor's, you know, he's my best friend, you know, and we get to do this thing where we hang out and chat with each other every week. And, you know, we, you know, he lives on the other side of the country and I have, you know, kids and, I'm, you know, we both have jobs and it's, it's a little bit of an excuse to be able to do that. Like, like we don't, we can't make any excuses not to hang out because we have to do this job. And it just turns out that us doing this job is exactly what we'll be talking about anyway.
3: Yeah. It's weird. It's like we were, we've been hanging out on zoom before it was cool. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like a new thing we can't separate this from the rest of our lives. Like it's just something that we've been doing. we think I fanboy for 21 years in total before we did the podcast as we did it for five years as a website. So we've been doing this our entire adult lives. And um, if anything, it helped us all this doing this always keeps us sane. if I don't think if I had this outlet where even without in the very beginning of the pandemic where we didn't have routines anymore, most people didn't have jobs, even in the beginning people with jobs just sort of, didn't know what to do. Yeah. We still had to do the show, so there was still a matter of routine in our lives that, that we could cling to. We still had to read something. We still had to talk about it. We still had to edit, edit the show. We still had to do all of the stuff that involves doing the show. So and, and it, it's it's an endorphin hit. In in like after we're done with the
4: show, I'm always like that was great. I'm in a good mood, you know. And it, it you know it, it sort of you had that, and you, and you you train your body to sort of look forward to that. I don't like having a main mainline comics for two nights in a row, but from the time that we do the show to the time after, it's just a it's a it's a good thing.
2: Yeah, it's it sounds like sort of like two sides of the same coin. Where on one hand, you get to you have this like scheduled time with your best friend, and that's awesome. And then on the other hand, they can't quit you. You know, like if they were thinking about leaving you, now they cannot.
3: I've tried. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, who like this has been a long epic si- uh. <laughs> like an asshole just saying that out loud but iFanboy's gone through so many uh permutations and incarnations and we've almost ended several times josh quit for 24 hours um uh, like it wasn't like a rage quit i was not, just like i can't do this anymore i gotta feed a kid you know like <laughs> respect, we were doing it full-time and we were making you know making basically minimum wage doing doing it full-time right. but like it, it's it's just it's it's just a constant I, I have a hard time explaining it to people um we don't know how to end it. Like last night, Josh, I was literally thinking about like how long are we gonna really do this? Are we gonna be doing that all the time? I just in broke my in life. Is our mid-50s doing the, doing this podcast about comics? Like, nothing against people who are in the mid-50s doing podcasts, but we've just been doing it since we were in our 20s. So it's like I mean, we're we're not that far away from it now. You used to say that, and and it was like, well, that's forever. And now I'm like, mid-50s isn't seem that distance. <laughs> I think, but the thing is, we think if we stop, it we still start we still figure out a way to do something because we enjoy our, each other's company.
2: Guys, when I started the show, uh the superhero show. So we covered Arrow, mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Gotham. Since then, 65 shows have been, have come out on TV. You guys are insane, by the way. <laughs> like, I just just FYI. In the last five years or so, we'll get to like the industry-wide impact of almost 70 shows, but just a personal impact. Has this glut of comic book-based TV affected your guys' life, your, your
3: viewing life at all? Oh, you're going to get two totally different this points of view here. Um, it's funny because, when, like I said earlier, what used to be an entire going concern. like We had a website. We had a staff of 10 to 12 writers. We were putting out daily content in addition to the podcast. And part of that content was we, we covered all the shows as well on the website. And this was up until 2013 was when we stopped. So that was like the early part of Walking Dead and Arrow and... I don't remember what else was going on. Smallville. Smallville, well, that was ended before that. But like that period of time where there was only still a handful. It was uh, a novelty. It was. It was right. So we it was we weird. could do it. We could definitely have a post about every show and a discussion, live discussion, but for every show because it wasn't a big deal a couple nights a week. But um, now, and I was someone who watched I watched everything. I watched, I tried to watch everything in the beginning. And now it's like, forget it. I don't even. I have a. You know, Direct TV and when I pause the show, it immediately starts puts on like a screensaver. And one of the screensavers is a ad for Pennyworth on Epix. And I'm like, oh right, that show exists. Like I'm a huge Batman fan and I just forget there's a show about Alfred on TV. Like who like <laughs> you know, it's just there's literally literally too many shows to watch, which is why I said you guys are crazy. Um
2: Well, I mean I I think proof that there's too many shows is that there's a show called Pennyworth. Right. <laughs> Do you watch, do you feel the need or do you enjoy any of these shows that have come out in the last five? How about there?
4: Some of them. I don't feel an overwhelming need to watch them because at this point, you know, between since 2000, between the movies and the TV show, like there's so much comic book related content that isn't comic books. It feels like a fool's errand to go after all of them. And also, I mean, like I, I have the, I do have this feeling like I like comic books because of what comic books are. I don't like comic books because I want to get the flash in every incarnation I can have him. And a lot of times, you know, the shows were made, I think, using the best of the comic books, you know, to, like, do their their stories. But to me, like, that already existed in comic book form, and that was the way that it was meant to be, it would be great. Now, there are... So, I you know, I don't feel that need to have to watch every comic book show, or certainly to see every comic book movie. I see a lot of them, but... You like to the you know, these stuff. You like Watchmen and... Yeah. I mean, like, basically, but quality always wins out. Like, that's a thing. So, like, when I, it, to me, like, a, a lot of the CW show, are they CW? They yeah. used to be the, I was going to say the WB. But, uh, you know, the CW shows, like, I'm not super interested in those comics. So, all of that sort of family of shows, I was just, just never, I was like, oh, that's like, those are like basic cable dramas. And I've watched like a little Flash with my kids or whatever. And I was like, it's fine. I just don't feel super drawn to it. Um you know, but that said there've been there've been big winners out there. You know, like uh to me I, like I thought I was blown away by the boys when I first saw it. And and Garth Ennis is my favorite comic book writer and I actually couldn't finish that book. I found that comic book to be difficult cuz it was so bleak. Did the show do the comic better than the comic? I thi- I think that's the yeah. yeah, I think that's the uh the basic consensus with it. But, you know, that that first season I was just stunned. I was like, "Wow, they really did, you know, they got everything that that You know, Garth Ennis put in there and and Derek Robertson put in there and they made it better. They elevated it. Whereas, you know, like Preacher is my favorite comic book of all time. And I made it through maybe two thirds of the first episode. Now, I was skeptical when I walked in, but I was like, I can't. I can't have this. I I cannot have this. I remember, um, you know, when the Watchmen show started coming out, I I, I think I went in like angry. I was like, this is going to be terrible. And then for the first episode or two, I was like, I don't even know what this is. And then, like midway through the season, I was like, "I think this is the best thing. <laughs> this is, you know." Uh, so, it, it, you That's know, it's, I'm not going to tell you I don't like super. I'm not. Gonna, I don't like comic book shows, but you know, I have a high bar for TV just in general. So,
2: well, yeah, I mean, what it sounds like though, regardless of your job I fanboy, is that you like quality TV, and if that quality TV show happens to be based on a comic book, then you'll watch it. Is that a better way to look at it?
4: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, like would I have made it through WandaVision the first couple of episodes, if I didn't know a lot about Wanda and vision, probably not, you know, but because I stuck around and, you know, because of, I don't know, it was interesting. And by the time I was like, that was great. I'm really glad I watched it. Um, Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm into comic books for a specific reason that isn't really exactly the same as like being into superheroes, if that makes sense, which isn't to say I don't like superhero comics, but just that most of the talent in comics does superheroes because that's how you make a living, so that's the thing, you know. And I like a lot of superheroes, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't make me feel like I have to watch this show because I love Nightwing. That's not
3: Ryan. Can I hijack this for a second? Of course. Oh no, because I, I I was thinking all the morning about how I was going to counteract your argument, Josh. Not that because I I totally respect your opinion about about it, but and and why it is that I so enjoy the shows and the films where you are sort of ambivalent about them, and to me, it's that. These characters have always been multimedia. Sure. In the '80s, growing up, I read a Spider-Man comic. I watched Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. I found old episodes of the live-action show. I watched Batman. Uh, I, I, I read the comics. I, wa- I watched Super Friends. To me, since the very beginning, they've always been multimedia experiences. So it's like, as much as I love the comics and the form, it's it's to me like the characters for me have always been on television and, and or here and there and everywhere. So it's like, they're not, they don't, they don't hold a precious sway to me as just comic book characters. They are, they've always been. I'm cross. trying to think, cause I, I just named,
4: I named two yeah. shows that were relatively recent or three shows. And I was trying to think of, there's anything earlier that I really liked, but I can't, I don't know that I can. Like if you were to ask me right now, I'd be like, what's your favorite earlier than that? I was just, Superman, the animated series. I thought that was fantastic. And I feel like that's that's the only thing that's gotten Superman right at any of those things. I'm trying to like are there any other shows that I've watched really, like through all of that?
2: Well, have you guys weighed in on Superman and Lois yet?
3: I have I've watched hey! it. I'm sure Josh has not watched it. Not um, Superman, I, I,
2: I feel like Superman is one of the hardest to get right. And you know, there's a lot of Well especially right now. Warner Brothers doesn't seem to understand. Yeah. although specifically Zack Snyder. But uh, are like, does Superman and
3: Lois do it right? Superman and Lois does Superman right. Really? I really do think that the character of Superman is done right on Superman and Lois. It's only we've only had what two two to three episodes yeah. at this yeah. point. Um it's an, it's an odd show. It's a very I feel like it's a very non-CW CW show. It doesn't really feel like it fits with the other shows. It doesn't seem like it's in that world at all, even though it's the same actors.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's like adults. You know, and even though that the flash and they're adults. It's still mostly kid-like problems. You know, it's, it's a, to a CW
3: audience. But it still lives- doesn't feel like it fits. It lives in that world. Like even though they yeah. were in the crossovers, and it, like even it, for for one thing, the kid the kids were the kids were babies when the crossover Crisis. And now suddenly they're sixteen and they're assholes. But um, it,
2: they're assholes in two different ways.
3: They nailed both the types of assholes on that show. But it's you know it's just it's a little bizarre that ran raised assholes. But um, it, what a weird it, sounding show. It, it's a weird show. It's a weird show. They, Clark gets laid off. Lois quits. They go move back to Smallville, and they they're dealing with like opioids and um, really? and bank bank foreclosures, and also sounds um, awful. But it's but the thing is, like he is terrific, and they really get the vibe around him perfectly. Whereas it doesn't like it's the same company making the Snyder version of Superman and this one, and that one is awful, and this one makes sense. Do you guys,
2: uh, at this point, do you guys ever get mad? Like, let's say you did watch The Flash or you didn't like the Superman. Uh, Josh, you were talking about this with Preacher. Does it piss you off anymore or do you just roll your eyes and move on almost immediately?
4: I move on because there's just too much other stuff. Preacher was a little hard. The reason that I didn't like that is because i it's my favorite comic book series all time. It, it actually, it there's a chance it could be my favorite thing, like my favorite story out of everything. And so the only problem with it is that it, because it's so well, if I search for preacher, mm-hmm. right, I'm going to get pictures of the TV show. I've searched for preacher Ennis or preacher Dylan trying to get an image, and it's still all pictures of the TV show. And so what it is, is it's changed the perception of what that thing is to the world instead of sort of the text that it came from as this brilliant piece of art. It's this sort of forgettable TV show that was on basic cable. And That kind of annoys me, but no, I mean, like, it doesn't wreck the book on the shelf. It doesn't, you know, like, uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, not a TV show, but still, like, doesn't ruin the amazing comic books that came before it. Um, Not nearly as much as the third and fourth volume of the actual comic book did. Um, But, uh, no, I mean, not really. I can't can't think of, like, that would be the one that would get me the most. I think, you know, if Watchmen was terrible, I think it would have been kind of sad you know just because that it just taints the legacy of something that's really great but no i mean like it like in terms of like regular superhero you know characters there's been a lot of bad takes on those in comics and tv and whatever and you just sort of move along and what comes comics. yeah I,
3: I, I tend to just move on i mean i i really i'm a huge batman fan and i i, I thought that 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 woman was terrible I, I made it like two episodes before i pulled the ripcord I didn't even get mad i just was like disappointed um what I get mad about is the opposite is when it's too pra- good? practical considerations of a show affect fantastical worlds in the comics. Oh, right. No, oh, the costumes, well, the, the costumes and just like the, the appearance of characters and like faces, the thing that people have to solve in Burbank in a, in an office is now changes the way this character looks, feels acts. For, that's been around for 80 years. That's the stuff that bothers me. It's like, the, the, you know, someone who doesn't know anything about this world and this, cast this person or changes this costume, and now suddenly it's in the books and it's forever changed. That's the stuff that really bugs me. Is, is the comics are feeling less fantastical? We've, we have just been discussing this recently in the show. Less fantastical because they're starting to match up with the shows, and the shows can't be as fantastical as the comics for, various, for okay. practical reasons. Plus that's a it's really good to, answer.
2: <laughs> it's hard for you to get swept away, right? Because you're thinking, "Oh, look, that's Ryan Reynolds' face or whatever." Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Guys, we're almost out of time, so i got to get to the speed round. First thing that comes to your head, uh, this is the thing that we do at the end of all the interviews so we can compare podcasters to each other, which is what we all need right now. Uh, Josh, we're starting with you. Uh, First nerd thing bought with own money.
4: The first thing that popped in my head was Amazing Spider-Man 315. I remember going to a drugstore with like a pile of change because that comic book with a Todd McFarlane cover looked cool. I'm sure there was one before, but that's what popped in.
2: That's like a dollar or a dollar twenty five. Well, back here.
4: then it was
3: seventy-five dollar. I think it was a dollar tops. What a time to live. <laughs> I I um I saved up my allowance money for months and bought Silver Surfer fifty for fifty dollars <gasps> at West Side Comics in New York City on eighty sixth and Columbus. You
4: have it? And you must
3: have it. No, I don't have it. it. And also really? it for like two dollars on eBay now. Oh. <laughs> it was a chromium cover
2: yeah, it was Thanos, right? Uh, okay, Connor, first fictional crush.
3: Barbara Gordon.
2: Barbara Gordon, any specific iteration? All of them. <laughs> okay.
3: Yvonne Craig to the paper. It's all it's all good.
2: <laughs> Josh. Oh,
3: uh, Princess Leia.
2: Princess Leia, Josh, uh, last truly great thing you watched or read. like truly like in the Josh Hall of Fame.
4: Wow, I mean I'm I'm reading preacher again right now.
2: There you go. (laughs) It's your favorite thing ever.
3: Yep. And it's still great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been a good film and um, like I loved Perry Mason, but I wouldn't put it in like an all time great show. So it's, it's really hard because we're constantly watching things. Oh my God, you broke my brain.
2: Yeah. Watching and then deleting and watching and deleting. Yeah. What's your answer to this? Oh, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. (laughs) There you go. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, my I, no, I don't. This is way too hard to answer. You know, okay, I know good. What I would say. <laughs> uh Connor, uh, best book about television or comics, like about Ooh. the making or the people uh, behind them.
3: Well, I mean, Marvel Comics: The Untold Stories, the best book about comics. Um, I read that at a
2: job I had, and I got fired because <laughs> I just sat there reading it the whole
3: time. That's totally understandable. It was hard to put down. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I love book. the SNL Oral History book. I read good it. Book. I, that's that's probably the best behind the scenes tv show tv book i've read josh what
4: about you uh the revolution will be televised or will not be connor you got that for me i think it was by the tv critic and he talked about the 10 series that changed television so it was like the sopranos and the wire and oz and i can't remember the author's name um
2: seppenwall is it yes Yes. it is Alan exactly
4: um i loved that book and i've read several others like it but i think that was my favorite and Josh, finally, if you could live in
2: any TV show or film transferred there right now into that dimension, what would it be? I know mm. you want to say Deadwood, but be <laughs> truthful, please. The West, West Wing. Wing. That's oh man, what a world that would be. Connor,
3: what about Smart you? People who care. Oh boy, um, Deadwood. Uh, no,
4: <laughs> you <laughs> so
3: dead. Dead. You don't want You'd be that. So dead. <laughs> Oh, just the dentistry. Um, <laughs> uh, Star Trek. There we go. I right. almost said Star Trek, but I don't really like
4: Star Trek. But I was like, that seems cool. You just say, I want a milkshake and the computer gives you one.
2: <laughs> that seems nice. Uh, guys, I cannot thank you enough um, for being here on the show, but also for I, Fanboy. Uh, I've been a listener for over a decade, um, which is how I can just drop in these little weird things that I know about you and <laughs> I don't even have to ask. I just, it's, it's a creepy relationship that podcasters and listeners have with each other we understand uh, that uh make sure that you're downloading the ifanboy and subscribing to the ifanboy pick of the week podcast and then you also get all of the special shows with that one
3: subscription yes yeah it's all free and then what's your you guys' it's patreon patreon.com slash ifanboy connor josh thank
2: you so much thank you, thank you. so what do you guys think about my interview skills go ahead
1: i thought how they answered mm-hmm. showed so much skill To Mm. sift through and understand and and computate the inane drivel coming from your mouth.
0: Okay, dang, he used like three big words to dunk on you right then. You came back asking for tips and not tips, just compliments, and he gave you he dunked on you like that.
2: Well, I'm I'm pretty sure based on the uh, size of the words he used, those were all compliments. So thank you, Mike.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Ryan, A plus job, my friend. Just give yourself a pat on the back great job thank you I um we got it it's the end of the show though that was a great interview and now we have nothing left we have nothing left but plugs <laughs> we're spent <laughs> this is it this is all I have for you guys so Mike can you tell me about some websites
1: your popfilter.com is where all of our stuff lives throw a slash Amazon there that's how you shop while helping us out uh, if you want even more content, Go to patreon.com slash your pop filter. Pick a tier, help us out, and get more shit we create every week. It's gold. It glitters for your ear holes. Uh, Those are the websites.
0: And that's a pop filter guarantee. It will glitter for your ear holes. Uh, Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows?
2: We have so many other shows, guys. Uh, Of course, you are listening to the Superhero Show Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to that one on all of your pod catchers. While you're doing that, make sure that you have also heard about Movie of the Year, where me Make sure you've heard about it. (laughs) Just all you have to do is hear about it. And subscribe, rate, and review. You actually don't have to listen. That doesn't help us out. But if you hear about it, rate, and review Movie of the Year, where me and Mike and our friend Greg go through every single year trying to decide what is the greatest movie of that year, uh, that would be super helpful. In the meantime, uh, search for Unnatural 20s, where our host Cassie Leads her to other friends throughout uh, the decade of the 20s with a roll of the dice, a flip of the switch, a twist of the hand, a snark of the mouth, a, a bop rat, of the bop it. Yeah, a but... bop of the a bop of the <laughs> eyebrow, and a swiggle of hair. That's unnatural 20s.
0: Thank you, thank you for that shout Some out. Sort of witch's spell. <laughs> um, Mike, can you tell us about social media? Oh,
1: I
2: am Newt. I and an I am Newt. All right, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Social media. I am Newt.
1: At Your Pop Filter, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, Just, I wish everybody could see Ryan's face. (laughs) He was not a fan.
2: I tried so hard to not be a fan. (laughs)
1: Uh, Both of those are there, and it's where you'll hear news and sing the blues. (laughs)
0: That's right. We also got an email. to contact at Your Pop Filter. Uh, Reach out to us. Send us whatever you want. We'll read it when we get to questions. Next week, we got a really big episode, because we are going to finally talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier Finale, I'm not ready to say goodbye to it, but we have to. It's going to be Went great. That quick? It did. I can't believe this great show is leaving. But we are going to have the Van Helsing podcast interview, so... Mm-hmm.
2: No, 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 Cassie. The Van Helsing show that should have been on this podcast for four seasons is now going to be on this show because we fucked up and now we're going to watch it. Oh,
1: from the beginning?
2: We- no. Nope. I mean, we're. I think that we're doing our due diligence just to put it on the podcast and talk about it. So we're going to start from the final season... But uh sorry everyone that we didn't talk about it before and we're That's gonna start talking about it now. Meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's Van Helsing time.
0: There we go. Be sure to tune in for that for Mike I'm Ryan for Rhino, Ryan, Mike for me, I am me. Bye everyone.